Welcome everyone to episode 97 of the RF Generation Collector Cast. We have the whole gang here tonight. I want to start off as always by thanking our patrons. If you would like to uh, support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash collectorcast. Appreciate each and every one of you. Chris, Kelsey, how's it going guys? I'm doing well. So the weather's been nice. Got some yard work done. I'm ready to rock. I'm the opposite of that. Weather's been horrible, a little sick. Happy to be here, though. Today's the first day of my vacation week, so I'm chilling. Nice. Ooh, yeah, we got a long weekend uh, for the holiday, um, but uh, but yeah, no no extra vacation. I, I always forget that I should try to take vacation like around the time that work has holidays just to kind of <laughs> you know, double dip, like get that extension in there, but I, I never think to do it. But yeah, it, the weather has been very nice around here. Last weekend was actually like oppressively hot it was like mid 90s and humid um so this weekend it's a lot more manageable it's like high 80s and not humid um so yeah it was a little bit rainy today but uh should have a a a good rest of the um you know holiday weekend so sad to hear that the weather is not great and you're not feeling great up there kelsey oh yeah thunderstorm every second day up here lately oof yeah, we had a little little thunder earlier today, and then my wife goes to kind of like tuck in the kids not long ago, and she was like, oh, you know what, it's so nice out, I'm just going to like crack the windows open. And she cracked the windows open, and she said, as soon as I cracked them open, like thunder, 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 thunder. <laughs> so she's like, not a cloud in the sky, so just one of those weird, weird things. So yeah, so it looks like we're, uh, uh, we're, we're took us a little bit of time to kind of get everyone back together that summer months the warmer months they always kind of you know get busier it's uh, trickier to, to kind of get everyone scheduled together so we're glad to all be back here uh so chris you want to tell me what you've been up to i heard a rumor you have some retro computer goodness you want to speak about sure so i can start with that um i have been working on rebuilding my pentium 3 rig I've literally had since you know, like 2000. <laughs> so, you know, most for quite some time, obviously, just lived in some closet space. But um, as I have need sometimes to work on some older machines, I need something that's more of a stopgap machine so I can transfer and do media, make discs, do all the fun stuff that I need to do. So um, I've used it a few times, but I said, all right, I'm going to sit down. I'm just going to really spend some time and redo this guy. So. Uh, pulled the machine out, totally, you know, gutted it, did a, a thorough cleaning of everything that's in there. Um, did an inventory of all the cards, gathered all my drivers. Um, reinstituted the drives, so um, what's in it right now, I've got um, a, like a regular 3.5 floppy. I've got a 360k 5.25 inch floppy, which is a big reason for the what I'm going to get into. Um but a lot of times I have need to make disks for very old computers and things, so that's why I needed that in there and torque function and function properly. Um, other than that, you know, it's got um, you know uh, a Voodoo three in it, uh, so it's not a bad little machine. Pentium three, one gigahertz, got like six hundred something megs of RAM. But um, I redid like the thermal paste. I'm replacing all the fans with some Noctua fans, so they're not ancient and, and loud as heck. Um, I've only got one more fan to go. I need to actually tear the power supply apart and uh, and replace that fan, which takes a little more work than just you know plugging the other ones in. That needs to happen. So um, I'll I'll finish that. It's gonna be the last thing I'm gonna do with it. And then I I moved away from 
uh, a traditional hard drive to compact flash storage. So that way it was easier. Um, that way if I want to have several different cards, like one for different each OS, I can just pop cards in and not have to worry about partitions and all that crud that goes along with it. And then I installed Windows 98 Second Edition, which, man, it's been a SD. long time since I've done <laughs> Win 98 install. And, uh, man, I've kind of forgotten that... Uh, like, I've, I've reinstalled Windows 2000 somewhat recently, and Windows 2000 behaves pretty well with most things. Windows 98, oh, uh, man, it takes some work to, mm-hmm. to get what you need out of it. But, um, you know, I had to... Go out. The, the amazing thing I found though is that like people keep supporting hacks to Windows 98 like to this day. <laughs> so I went there's like I found a page and it's like there's an unofficial service pack that has like all the old fixes plus like new hack things in there. There's like a new kernel that supports like USB 2.0 and some other stuff that's in there and it's just a little bit more efficient and it lets you run some Windows XP, Windows 2000 applications. And, uh, so, you know, I've cobbled and hacked it together and got some, got my drivers up and working. It's got like a zip drive and it's got a SCSI card. So really I've just, (laughs) the reason I put it together is just be an all access machine that can do a lot of things to help me with even older systems. So, uh, Mm -hmm. got all that up and running. Like I said, just have that one more fan to go and then, um, just have some time to play around with it. Start making some floppy disks. So. That's what I've been doing on that end. Man, finding drivers from this stuff is a real pain in the rear. Like, I've got a... I'm ready to pick your brain, because I've got my computer from the same era still, and I've been kind of... We've even got an old computer desk here, so I think I'm going to try and do that this summer. I get that up and running again, so I might bug you for some tips if I run into any roadblocks. Yeah, my suggestion would probably be, unless you have a real need to do certain things, probably Windows 2000 or XP is probably a better choice. I um, remember what I had on it originally. The, I had to go with Windows 98 because that was the last OS that supports both um, 360K floppies drives and you can dump to TrueDOS. Um, right. and yeah, you mm. can't really do that in the other, other OSs, but I'll probably pick up some other cheap CF cards so I can keep like a windows 2000 boot and an XP boot, um, just for convenience. So yeah, I've been playing around with that and, you know, I've at least got USB 2.0 on a card yeah. so, you know, I can transfer some stuff without horrifically slow speeds. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, but what I found though, the big thing is that the, the type of file sharing that Windows 98 uses is, like, old and really unsecure and is not supported in a lot of places anymore. Was it SMB1? Uh, I think so. Um, yeah. And so I've had Super to just Mario resort Bros. to... Super Mario Bros. 1. Yeah, <laughs> Super Mario Bros. 1. I've had so, yeah, to... 2 and 3 is way more secure. <laughs> yeah, I've had to resort to just FTP um, to move files yeah. to and fro, but that works yep. fine, so... That's that's what we did with um, the OG Xbox. Yeah. When you like would would mod it, you would FTP to it. So yeah. And then I gotta say before you go too much further, I've got a real what? soft spot in my heart for Windows ninety eight. It was the first OS on the first uh, computer that my like uh, uh, you know uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Colleagues uh, uh, taught me how to build my first PC when oh. I worked at Babbage's. And that was kind of like circa like Counter-Strike beta. So this is like when like Quake 3 was a retail product, kind of like that era. And so, yeah, Windows 98, um, I, I have vivid memories of uh, reinstalling windows 98 versus xp and like kind of like the differences there but it's funny like you forget some of the technologies that you take for granted like usb2 like it it, it took me a second to remember oh yeah like they didn't have that you know like back in 98 no so you have to do it, feel, like it a, feels so ubiquitous you have to do kind of like this special hack driver to get windows 98 to even do anything with it you know and then there's you know um, hard drive size limits and RAM limits. I mean, that's the kind of thing back there you would have never thought about it. But like, for example, this machine supports up to a gig and a half of RAM, but Windows 98 basically will go nuts with uh, anything over a gig. So, yeah. uh, you know, with like 600 megs, I'm like, I'm fine. I, I could try to max out if I wanted to, but it would just create problems for me. So it's kind of weird that you get into that situation. It is great, though, I will tell you, moving to, you know, Flash-based media over spinning discs. Oh, man. And CF, while the cards cost a little bit more, you know, I put just a little, like, a slot thing in the back so I could just pop the cards in and out really easy. Yep. And it's just IDE. So, I mean, you don't need any special hardware or drivers or anything. It just works right out of the box really easy. Yeah, I, I never messed with CF back in the day. I was only really familiar with it in the camera space when I worked retail for a little bit because CF was still widely used in DSLRs at the time. Uh, but yeah, that's what I've, I've, I've seen on forums of people who kind of go back to the older stuff is they're like CF all the way. Oh, yeah. It's super simple and really fast. And, you know, it's not like this is a work PC where I'm going to be using it like crazy where, you know, obviously CF cards are not really built for that. But... For the amount of time I'll be using it, it'd be perfectly fine. And again, I could always just get another one, another card, if I needed to. So, yep. um, so that's that's it on the retro computing side, uh, and really that's getting me to another older computer. So I also bought um, you. They actually made eight-bit ISA to USB cards. Um, for some really old, like, um, manufacturing equipment, like PCs. Uh, And so these are getting kind of recycled out there where, you know, they've been decommissioned and you can get them on eBay for a pretty reasonable price. And so that way you can do USB storage, like on, I've got, I put it into my compact portable too. So you can like a 286 Mm. machine that Mm. you can put compact flash. Uh, I mean, not compact flash, but, um. USB thumb drives. Uh, so it's a whole lot easier than shuffling floppy disks and things around. So, But I had to get the driver onto that machine, which means I needed to make some disks to go over there. You know, it's, there's stages and steps. <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's enough of the computer side. Um, moving to the gaming space. Uh, first off, I will thank uh, our good friend and uh, who created our, our theme song, Disposed Hero. Uh, he was selling his um, Neo Geo AES flash cart, and uh, and he was asking like, "Oh, is anybody interested?" And I've been kind of interested for a long time, but there's a lot, a lot of stuff that goes around about it. And one of the pieces is the, the company that produces it. I'm not a. Let's just say there's been some controversy. 
recently. And I think that's enough. Anybody who wants to can go bother to look that up. But um, he was selling kids. I'm like, great, I can get the card, I can save money, and I can uh, not give this other guy money, right? So solves all my problems. So we worked out a deal. He's really great about it. You know, he's like, look, I'll just send it to you. If you like it and you're happy, send me the money. If not, just send it back to me and I'll find another buyer. I'm like, sweet, awesome, no problem. So I got to get it here, tested it out, played some games, had some fun on the Neo Geo. So that's good because that's I, I can't afford all these really expensive games. But, you know, it was fun to load up and play through, like, you know, Metal Slug X and, and some of these other things mm-hmm. for a minute and dream if I had millions of dollars. It's Metal Slug 10. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> Um, like we'll have to do a Metal Slug episode soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on from there uh, in gaming, you know, I, there's not going to be any surprise. I'm still playing Elden Ring, so um, nothing to say there. Other than still enjoying it, still having a lot of fun, and uh, just playing around with it. The build variety is pretty crazy. Um, so that, that's the part of the game I enjoy. I was just playing around with different ways to play the game and different different builds, so I won't spend any more time on it than that. But um, I'm thinking the run, once I finish this run up, I'll have enough for now, and then I'll probably move over and start something else up. So probably Triangle Strategy uh, up next mm. to get started on that one. And then uh, moving over to the, the TV and movie side, I'm always... You know, some of this stuff is no doubt things that we can talk about with you guys, and some of these things are, are uniquely me, and I recognize that. <laughs> so. They're still interesting though. It's Mega Train or whatever what was it called? <laughs> oh, bad memory. Super Train. Well, that was Super Train. Sorry. Um. So I've HBO Max uh, has a Turner Classic Movies piece to it, and which like oh, a lot of these classic films. And so I watched a couple films from the 1930s. And uh, they were both really good. Um, the first one I watched was Gentleman's Fate from 1931. And it's a film about... Um, it starts off, it's this guy, he's uh, really well-to-do, right? Got, like, a lot of money and, you know, like... It's that area where, you know, um, uh, prohibition, right? But he's, you know... He's got all this money. He's well set, but he like doesn't his his parents like his parents are dead, and he's just like this basically this playboy, right? But it starts out he's going to settle down. Uh, he's finally you know he's kind of gotten out of, of that period of his life. He's going to settle down. He's going to marry this girl, and then um, he gets a phone call from like the guy that manages his estate, and is like, "We need to, you need to come." here and meet me right away and he's like oh but you know i'm proposing and all this stuff and he's like no dude you, you've got to you need to come talk to me right away and the guy is on the phone he's like i still have my money right like because you have to think this is right after the stock market crash right he's mm. like i still have my money right the the like my the market didn't tank or something did it? and he's like no 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 you still have your money i just need you to come down here right away and so he goes down there, and he finds out that his father, which he thought was dead, 
Mm. Wasn't and is now on his deathbed and wants to see him. And I won't ruin anything else there. If anybody else wants to go watch it, uh, it's a very interesting No 100-year-old spoilers, man. Come on. <laughs> Somebody might want to watch this, and I'm not going to ruin it. Um, so everything you've discussed so far happens in the very beginning, yes. or is this like a while? Yeah, okay. no, this is like the first 10 minutes or something. Okay. So again, What's it called again? Gentleman's, Gentleman's Fate, Fate from Gentleman's 1931. Fate. Anyone, like, recognizable in it, or... I didn't recognize anyone. Now, the next movie, there'll be a name, I guarantee, that you guys will know. But this one, okay. I didn't. Not that... They probably were stars at the time, mm. but um, right. not anybody offhand that I recognized. But it was well acted, it was really well done, and it was a good story. It was it cool. was interesting. And then the next one I watched was very different, and that was uh, Fashion from 1934, and that had um, Betty Davis in it. So no doubt mm. you guys know who Betty Davis is. Sure. And um, she was pretty young in this one. And of course, Betty Davis is A, gorgeous, and B, fantastic. Uh, and, but in this movie, she was really... This was a very different story. It was about a... Basically like a con man. And this con man... Um, is basically like conning people in the fashion industry. And it's just all these series of cons. Like he gets caught up in this one thing and then he's on to this next bigger con. And it's just, it's one of those stories, right? Like, is he going to get caught? How's he going to get out of this situation? And Betty Davis is like the, his, um, kind of like his girl but not like not like she is kind of in love with him but you know he kind of has to play the playboy a little bit sometimes because he's a con man right he has to like con women and things and she gets a little jealous it's one of those pieces of the story and um and it's like this classic thing of like 1937 like this big musical number in it with like all this extravagant like stage production and dancers and all kinds of things that's kind of in it, which is kind of that era. Just things you don't see anymore mm. in film. But it was a really, it was a fun movie. And I, I enjoyed watching it. It was really well acted. Again, Betty Davis is fantastic. Um, I think I recognized the gentleman that was the star, the con man guy, but I didn't know his name. But I'm like, I know I've seen this guy before in things. And he was top-notch as well. Um, so it was just a fun story. Uh, I would encourage people, if that sounds interesting to you, to go give it a watch. Um, you know, I'm sure these things are pretty easily streamable these days. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I've... So 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 when you were browsing HBO on the Turner Classic, did they just kind of stand out to you, or you just picked them at random? Or... Well, the reason I picked them is because um, if you ever go, they have like a leaving the service soon section oh sure sure yep yep and so i was like oh these yep. look kind of interesting let me watch them before they're off you know the streaming service and right. like definitely like betty davis i'm like okay i know betty davis let me check this one out and the other one just sounded really interesting from he, he the description flashbacks bill he's like i remember going to the theater to see this the marquee like everything just came back to me yeah <laughs> this is a family show so uh anyway um yeah i would encourage you know 
I, that's I'm trying to go back and fill out some cinema history and enjoy some things from the past because yep. it's just different and it's everything now is very samey and yep. these are very different and you, weird things like you forget like oh like the credits all used to be front loaded in the movie My and at the end of the movie so the story angry. ended and that was the end of the movie right My son gets so angry yeah. when we watch a movie that's like older than the 90s and they play any credits at the start <laughs> He's like, yeah so frustrating yeah. or 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 like movies that had music in them and there would be an overture like wizard of oz starts with not just credits but like a little snippet of like every song in the movie like before the movie starts and my kids are like what's going on <laughs> yeah but that's the weird thing like you get to the end of the film it says the end and that's it Right? There's no yeah. credits. There's no end nothing, right? It's yeah. just the, the movie's done. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've been going and, and that. And I think there's a, a 70s movie I want to catch that's going to be leaving the service in a few days, uh, maybe tomorrow or something. I'd like to catch that. Um, but, yeah, I'm just trying to pick and, and place some other little things that are in here besides the modern cool. stuff. Right. So moving on to more modern things. Um, I finished up the the most recent season of star trek picard um is really good if if you like cool if you like star trek the next generation it's got um i don't want to ruin anything but you know people that know the stuff it's got q in it so it's a story about that 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 was what i was thinking yeah and i that was spoiled for me (laughs) even though i knew it was a thing uh like I saw, like, it was on social media. Someone shared a little clip where it kind of showed him do his transformation just to kind of make it make sense that the actor is older now. And I was like, that's really, really clever. But, yeah, I was thrilled just to see that he's a part of it. Yeah, and that's a great bit. And there, it's kind of a, has a lot of Star Trek for homage in it. So if that tells you oh, anything. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, so it's a fun season. But what I really want to talk about is Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Okay, good. I'm glad you brought that up. I've heard nothing but good stuff about this. And like Picard, mm. I watched the first season and it, it wasn't what I wanted. And from what I've heard about Discovery, I'm like, I don't know if I'd like that one. But Strange New World sounds like it might be the one that, that I enjoy. So I think you might like Picard, this new season. I think you might like it. I, I enjoyed it different um, than the first season then yes yeah quite a bit different than the first season okay um but strange new worlds i love everything that i've seen so far they've gone back to the traditional star trek formula right mm-hmm. each show is its own little story piece they're out there in the universe exploring meeting new aliens solving problems it's just, but it's just really well written and well done. Mm. So um, it's just really good. I don't know how else to say it. Um, it sounds simple. It sounds kind of like what I, mm. I was hoping for from Picard. It's exactly what I want from Star Trek. And Discovery has got to the point where I finished the last season of Discovery and I'm like, they need to kind of wrap this up. <laughs> um, it's just, it's jump the shark. It needs to. It needs to find something if it's going to continue. Um, Picard, I think they said they're going to do maybe like one more season, which kind of makes sense because, I mean, like, Patrick Stewart's not getting any younger. Mm. Um, 
and then I imagine they're going to take this in a different direction because they kind of pray prelude some things that if you know Star Trek history, you already know just from the little bits they give you. And you're like, oh, I see where this is going. And then, um, yeah, Strange New Worlds is just fantastic. So I can't... Uh, if you have Paramount Plus, I would really... Or whatever it is in Canada, Crackle or who knows whatever it is there. <laughs> I don't um, actually know. Um, there's a lot of good stuff on Paramount Plus right now. Like Sonic 2 just came for the kids so they can watch Sonic 2. And um, Anyway. Yes, I would really recommend Strange New Worlds if you get an opportunity to watch that. Um, I think there's like three, four episodes out now so far. And man, they're just really, really good. Really good. Um, beyond that, uh, I can talk about this quickly. I've been, I found another way to watch Survivor Australia. So I'm watching <laughs> the most recent. Uh, let's just say it's uh, not as a not as a legitimate way of watching it, but they give me no choice. I mean, they don't. There's no legal way for me to buy it or watch it. I mean, so I got to do what you got to do. Move to Australia, man. Then you can do that. I, right. Like that would literally, I would have to move there to do it legally, <laughs> right? And so, whatever. Come on, it's the internet. So, um. Yeah, right. I'm watching that, enjoying that. I won't go too far into that. If you like Survivor, you can find ways to watch that too. I love the Australian Survivor because, man, it is very physical. And I've talked about it before. It's a different show. I enjoy it. And I then probably the thing... I was talking about Survivor last week, and I was telling her, I'm like, check out the Australian one. I hear good things. <laughs> Definitely. And the thing I'll end on, because it'll probably excite you nerds, is uh, I went over to my buddy John's house last night with some other friends, and we all watched the first two episodes of Star Trek uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Star Wars. Uh, Those are two different things, though. <laughs> well, dude. Oh, Star, Star, Star Wars. <laughs> sorry, Star Wars. <laughs> uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Got Picard on the brain. <laughs> yeah, sorry. The not-as-good Star series. Uh, <laughs> we we just finished uh, the second episode uh, before starting recording uh, tonight. So uh, I watched them yesterday. Well, if you guys want to do some spoilering after at the end of the show for people that don't want to hear it, we can do it. Um, Let's do it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. All right, but that's me. That's what I've been up to. It's been like a month, so been a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, it's been a little bit. So uh, uh, so Kelsey, how's it been going uh, up there? What you been up to? Pretty good. Um, so once again, I think this is the fourth time now. I finished all the NES games for real this time. <laughs> uh, I went back and redid three more. I uh, did Best of the Best Karate Championship um, because after you win the title, if you select Defend the Title, it takes you to like an underground street fight kind of thing, and you have to win mm. five or six fights in a row uh, to get like a second kind of ending-ish screen. So I went and did that. Um, I redid uh, Jack Nicklaus 18 holes of major championship golf because I'd originally I'd only won a, a skins game. So I was like, I, I should win a stroke game too, even though the ending's kind of the same thing. And then I played kicks, which was an interesting win condition on that one because uh, my typical rule of thumb has been keep playing stages until they stop giving you new content. And then when they start recycling content, that's a good loop point. You can stop. And with kicks, I didn't realize it because it's it's not as obvious. Uh, but every time you beat a stage, the music is different. You get a little victory jingle. 
So there's actually mm. 10 different victory jingles to beat 10 stages in that game before it starts recycling those. Um, and kicks gets really hard around stage eight. So I had to actually get good at kicks for the first time in my life, which was interesting. Um, I, I like that game a lot. It just gets frustrating on the NES, I think, because mm. I don't feel like the cursor moves as fast as it probably does in the arcade version. I gotta mm. play them closer together to compare, but uh, yeah, I just I just want to kick it up like just a, a smidge, and then I think it'd be a lot more enjoyable. Just kicks it up. Yeah, kicks it up a bit. <laughs> uh, I finished, I started and finished Dragon Quest Eight since we last spoke on the 3DS. That's, a, that's amazing. Uh, it sounds more amazing than it is, but that game. Oh. I don't know if it's just the 3DS version because um, that's the one I played, uh, but it is really easy to level up in that game. Like, no other Dragon Quest game has been that easy to level up, where you can, like, you find a spot you like that has metal slimes or king metal slimes, whatever you want to grind, uh, and you, like, look at the bad guy, and you, you turn the camera to the left or right, and then turn it back to where that bad guy was, and it'll respawn a new one. So you can just keep doing that until you respawn the metal slimes, mm. and then they give you a ridiculous amount of experience, and usually they're pretty rare, but if you can just stand there and like respawn them, you, you can level up pretty quick. So I way over leveled and then just walked through that game. So like every dungeon I could put on uh, <laughs> the repel spell. So I didn't have to worry about any encounters. I could just go do dungeon uh, puzzles and get out of there. Uh, any boss I came to, I just mm. walked over. Uh, it, it was pretty fun. And like every Dragon Quest has a pretty so, big uh... grind point for the last boss. I didn't have to do that because I'd already way done that, so I even just walked through the last boss, which was great. Gotcha. So you up to Dragon Quest Nine now? I started Dragon Quest Nine. I'm about 10 hours into that one now, too. And it is very different than any other Dragon Quest. Uh, it's Like, it doesn't have a cast, really. Uh, like, the main character that you are is just kind of a shell. There's, there's no personality to them and you hire mercenaries so you don't have like a, a team of lovable little guys that you're, you're going <laughs> to enjoy it's just nameless mercs basically uh and it almost feels like there's like there there is a an overarching story but it almost feels like you're just going from side quest to side quest to side quest and it's not really linking them together because uh, you're 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 kind of like an angel there's this huge earthquake and it knocks you like out of heaven and knocks off like your halo and your wings and everything. And so you're, you're kind of like a normal person, but you, you find a way to access back up to heaven again. And everyone's like, Oh, you look disgusting. Like you don't have your halo and stuff. So you, you're kind of like going around doing good deeds to like earn yourself back basically at the moment. And, and there's some kind of conflict between uh, God and, and some other being that are uh, caused that earthquake. Um, but yeah, it's really different because every other Dragon Quest, the characters are a huge part of it. They're very, they spend a lot of time kind of building up the hero and his team. And there's always an overarching evil lord of some kind. They're, they're kind of generic and they're not always great, but they're there. And there's nothing like that in this one. Very different. So... I'm curious, when it comes time to do 11, are you going to stick with handheld, or are you going to try to do something different? So, the friend that I play a lot of JRPGs with has had the idea for a while 
and he's been waiting for me to catch up where he wants to have two TVs side by side, one doing the 2D mode, one doing the 3D mode, and we'll play through it together. That's so, very interesting. Yeah, so I might bounce back and forth on that one, uh, doing both versions. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I've picked up Hades again over the last couple weeks. Um, like I'm platinum trophy data like there's there, mm. there's some stuff you can grind out that's just like cosmetic that i don't care about i'm just still having fun playing through that one which yeah. is very unusual for me um but yeah the game is just fantastic and there's still story content that's interesting like if you enjoy the characters they're still providing reasons to to keep playing that's awesome yeah um, I went on a little camping trip to Saskatchewan, and there's a city in Saskatchewan called Saskatoon. It's the, I think, actually, I don't know. There's two big cities in, in Saskatoon, or in Saskatchewan. I don't know which one's bigger, but this is one of the bigger ones. Uh, I talked to my cousin who lives around there. He gave me the name of a game store. I went and checked it out, and it was awesome. And they've been around since 98, which is like wow. crazy long for a Canadian game store. Um, but they like were packed in a huge area. They had games from every generation. Um, they did movies and stuff too. But yeah, I spent, spent a good amount of time looking around the store and ended up leaving with probably not the most exciting thing for most people, but I got three new Sega Master System games uh, for me, uh, which was great golf, great football, and great basketball. Um, great. Yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> that puts me at 83 out of 114 North American releases. I needed all three of those. And the owner was awesome. He, he'd just gotten off a really crappy phone call when I went to talk to him. Like, I think the guy on the phone asked him, like, do you even play games? <laughs> and so he, he was, like, in a foul mood. So I was talking to him, and I'm like, hey, like, you've got a couple copies of these. I need these. No one cares about these great games. I'm like, would you give me a deal if I buy something else? And he said, yep. So he cut me a good deal on them. All complete in box, and then I went and grabbed uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order for the PS5 as well to go with that, uh, which is one I've been really looking forward to, and I've already played through and beaten that one as well. Um, You're a machine. It wasn't super long. Um, it, I, like There was more stuff to do in it, but it was lame, so I didn't do it. Um I, I heard a lot of, and like I played an hour of it before, which was what hooked me, a lot of Dark Souls comparisons. And now that I've played through it, I hate that comparison. I don't think it's a good comparison. I don't think Chris would like this game at all, unless he's really into <laughs> Star Wars lore, which I know he's not. Um, yeah, like they take the really superficial stuff from Dark Souls, like a little bit how the combat works and the like bonfires. And that's like it. Like, the world is not built like a Dark Souls world. They're not well thought out and interesting to explore. And it's it's more of a Metroid style game, but it's really bad at that too. Where all the stuff you're going to get with the, when you unlock the new abilities, and like if you want to backtrack to another planet, it's all cosmetic. There is nothing that's going to make you a cooler character or help you progress through anything else it's like go back if you want a different colored lightsaber hilt go back if you want a different colored poncho (laughs) it's you're not you're not selling it yeah i like i had a different version of this game in my mind because of how much hype it got 
and compared to Dark Souls or Metroid, like those are awesome games. Like those are good games you want to emulate. But I think it took the wrong lessons from both of those games, which was unfortunate. Um, but like some of this, the story stuff is kind of mixed for me too, because I don't like some of the Clone Wars and Rebels Star Wars lore, and there's a lot of that in here. So if you don't like witches and zombies and holocrons in your Star Wars, then probably stay away from this one. But if you can get over that stuff, uh, Cal Keston is a cool character. BD-1 is like up there for like one of the best droids, like really cool companion. Um, you get to see some of the worlds, which were really cool, like Kashyyyk. Like you hear about Kashyyyk a lot. The Wookiee homeworld uh, was beautiful made no sense the way it was set up to like you just gotta <laughs> so all the dark souls comparisons really frustrate me because what i got reminded of the most when i played this game like over and over was prince of persia on the ps2 sands of time that is what this game is like You're running on walls jumping doing little environmental mm. puzzles those kind of things so if you want like a really good ps2 game that's what this is it's not a ps4 or ps5 game um, there was a lot of tech issues I had with it too, where like uh, like BD One's always hanging out with you, and he's supposed to do little animations, like when you open boxes and stuff, and he wouldn't do them, but the box would still move like he was in the box. Uh, all the audio for the last like third of the game desynced for me, so cutscenes <laughs> like since some of them were really cool cutscenes were kind of lame because they were like three seconds off, and they'd switch to the next character when someone was still talking or the mouths weren't syncing up and. That was really frustrating, especially at the end. I'll give a little spoiler here. So if you don't want a Jedi Fallen Order spoiler, skip ahead like 30 seconds. Uh, but you know that scene in Rogue One where Darth Vader is at the end, like going down the hallway, like killing all yes. the... Yeah, so really cool scene. They they like do a is cooler that? scene. I, I love <laughs> yeah, it. it is. So they do a cooler scene than that. You're alone on this. <laughs> with Darth Vader in this game. And it is awesome. But when the audio it desyncs, awesome. it really hurts it. <laughs> oh, and and I'm I'm not making excuses for the developers because it should have worked. But I'm just curious. I didn't have any of those tech issues that you're talking about, and I played on different platforms. Is your PlayStation Five still disconnected from the internet? So here's another frustrating thing about this game. Okay. You can't play it without signing an online waiver saying that you accept the terms of service. Wow. So I had to like, so, make sure I was... So you had to connect it? Yeah. So annoying. I was just curious if there was a patch that you There probably is, because I just want to start not game. I don't want to download crap. I just want to play. So there might be fixes right. for this stuff, but like this is the PS5 version. The game's already been out for a year before they pressed this disc. Like They should fix that on the disc and not make me download another thing a year later. And and the install was like 100 gigs. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> Oh, uh, all those midichlorians, you gotta put them somewhere. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Okay, so you know, in, like, Dark Souls as well, like, when you rest at a bonfire, they've, like, incorporated that into the lore. Like, there's a reason why when you rest at the bonfire and you go back, that skeleton's still there and you gotta fight him again. Like, the world is coherent. They do not even attempt that in this game. Like, you, you rest at these meditation sites, and it's like stormtroopers reappeared there, the same ones you just killed in the same spots, and we're not gonna tell you why. Like, it's just, they're back. Uh, and like your lightsaber is only a lightsaber when the game wants it to be. It's like, you, you can't cut that wood away. Cause that'll, you can't go down that path, but you can cut this wood away. Cause we're not going <laughs> through that door. 
It's <laughs> a really solid wood, man. Yeah, it, like there and like the Wookies. Like I mentioned, PS2 games. They look like PS2 character models. Like, <laughs> those are the ugliest Wookies I've I've ever seen. They're awful. That's so funny. They, Bill had such a glowing review of this, and you have such a not yeah. glowing review of this. I still really, really like it. Like that. Like not everything he's saying is is wrong, but a lot of it is stuff that like I like I just don't care about. Like so for me, when I say this is like the Soulsiest Souls game, remember that comes from a person who's played like eight minutes of Dark Souls. Um, so like when when combat has parrying. I'm like, ooh, it's the Souls like. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'm I'm not you know diving deep into the you know into the philosophy of of the game dev or anything. And and the other thing too is like I for the first like couple hours I had to scale back the combat difficulty. And then once I got comfortable, then I put it back up to like uh, to normal, and then even like one above that because it is super satisfying when you're parrying correctly or when you're you know dodging or when you're getting those you know those. Uh, uh, those, the timing on some of those abilities. Um, but yeah, there's there's just like a bunch of things that I guess either don't bother me enough that I even remember them or that just don't even like blip on my radar. Like I'm just like a big doofy grinning kid when I'm running on those walls. And if you don't like running on walls, then... If you don't like you know, that's surfing just down thing. surfaces. <laughs> oh yeah, if you like... Like just oh we're sliding now yeah. and then you get to go left and right and left and right and hit you know I I was cool with the whole thing but and I'll be honest I wasn't in love with the first couple hours of it I was the opposite like I kind of needed to force myself to stay with it and then once I kind of got the rhythm then I was good with it so nice. yeah it's like there, even like just lore stuff kind of bothered me it's like all the like he had very convenient for a game. Jedi specific amnesia. It's like I can't force push <laughs> until I need to force push later in the game. Now I can force push. I can't double jump until I can remember how to double jump later. Yeah. Silly. And, and then all of a sudden it's just like, yeah, I can do double lightsaber now. I can do you know the Darth Maul thing and like everybody in that game does the Darth Maul thing. It wasn't rare at all. Uh, yeah, I can do two at a time. Like it just. Was weird. And they they, te- they teased the um uh, the sequel just the last couple days, so it doesn't that. sound like you're pre-ordering. No, like I bought this game <laughs> brand new for thirty dollars, and that was the perfect price for me to mm. play this game. And I got I got thirty dollars out of it. I think mm-hmm. I will wait until the next one hits that that price to uh, spend some more time yep. with Cal and BD because I did like those two. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a big big fan of like that price point or lower like that's what i paid for returnal or um game pass like mm-hmm. this hit game pass and i played it there same with guardians which we'll get to in a bit but yeah i, I think 30 is a, a real real good price for for where i'm looking for this game as well yeah uh, i have stolen a line from this game though that i've said that my kids hate so i'm gonna keep doing it uh where uh grease the little four-armed pilot captain you have on your on your crew uh so he doesn't like the droids and there's a scene where BD, he like scans everything around the game if you want him to. And he's like doing a cutscene, he's scanning Grease's lunch. And he's like, get your lasers off of my lunch. So I say that when my kids try to take my food now. <laughs> get your lasers. <laughs> yeah. They don't know where it's from, like it. but I just, I go with it. I've been telling my oldest lately, I was like in front of my wife. I'm like, you know, buddy. You were named after Cal Kestis. <laughs> and he's like, I was, and he and my wife's like, No, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, Cal Kestis. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was my my Jedi Fallen Order experience. 
Um, and the only last other cool thing I've done is I watched Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness. Oh, cool. Uh, and I loved it very, very much. Yeah, I have not seen it yet. I have heard that it's a Raimi film through and through, that it so feels much. like one. Yeah. Which is which was my big concern was like, you know, will Disney let Raimi be Raimi? So like ten minutes in, that concern will drift away because there's a <laughs> there's a, a transition where it's like got a background and you just see Wong his face like fade into the screen while you hear a guitar just like, <laughs> like Whoa, wow, that's never been in an MCU movie. That's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I haven't seen it yet. That that's on the on the list. I will get to some of the movies that I've seen. Uh, uh, towards the end of my little blurb here, so uh, so yeah, sounds like you've been up to uh, some good good bit of gaming and movies and stuff uh, up there. Uh, we'll also get to some of the music that you've experienced for the first time. Uh, so uh, we'll start off with uh, as we as we always do uh, with <laughs> Destiny Two. Uh, so season seventeen started on May twenty fourth. Um, so remember, yeah, this is a, a you know three year old game at this point um, at least. Um, so season 17 started on May 24th, and for the first time, Bungie didn't give any hints or anything before. Like, we knew what the release date was, but normally, like, a week, maybe 10 days before, we'll get, like, a little teaser trailer that kind of shows, you know, this is what the season's called, this is who the story is concerning, this is the name of the activity, here's some of the gear you'll be going after, here's some of the sandbox updates, just kind of your typical, like, you know, prep for a big service game launch type thing. So it was like a week before the launch, and people were like, where's the trailer at? And then it was like five days before the launch, and people were like, no, for real, like, where's the trailer? Like, what are we so doing here? So was there here? concerns it was going to get delayed or something? No, there was no, con- there was no concerns of that. It was more along the lines of, like, because Bungie employees kept tweeting, like, like, oh, I heard you guys want a trailer. And then, like, <laughs> you, would cl- you, would, you would click on it, and it's like, uh, like an image of, like, a tractor trailer. You know, like, stuff like that. So they were definitely, like, in on it. And then, like, you know, at, so the TWAB came out the week before the season did, and it was like, listen, we, we know you guys are used to seeing, you know, you know, the info early and blah, blah, blah. They're like, we're, we want to play this one close to the chest. We have some cool things happening. It's only another five days, you know, like just, you know, we, we'd like to kind of go in, um, you know, uh, 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 fresh, like if that's, you know, we'll try this once. And the, the community was kind of divided on it, you know, service uh, game communities or just people on Reddit in general just find <laughs> stuff to complain about. Yeah. I don't care at all because I like to go in fresh regardless. But like a lot of people complain like, oh, you know, we can't prepare, you know, like gear for builds. We don't know what to go for, you know, like. It's like, really, none of this will matter in five days. Like, you know, like, do something else. So um, so the season launched on Tuesday. Um, it's called The Season of the Haunted. It's the return of the Leviathan, which is the enormous uh, flagship of Emperor Callus, who's the exiled Cabal Emperor. So the Guardians right now have an alliance with uh, Callus's daughter, Keitel. Um, who kind of runs the Cabal Nation now. But the Leviathan is an amazing, uh, amazing location. It was in Vanilla D1 when it launched. It was the site of the first raid. And it's like this big, opulent palace. Like, you know, like big columns and everything's gold and purple. Like, it's really different than everything else, uh, like kind of location-wise in Destiny. And it's massive. And when we say it's massive, like, there's like a little, there's like kind of like a triangular opening on the front of this ship. 
and at the top of that opening like that's kind of like the location where you land that opening is big enough to swallow planets <laughs> so this is like a planet eating uh mega dreadnought warship and it consumes these planets and it like turns them into uh like this like kind of like purple they call it the royal wine and it's for callus to like like dine on so, himself so like, like the Kind yeah, little little bit vibes like that yeah, where like there's there's planet uh, killing and planet eating going on. And so basically, uh, ca- yeah, and purple yeah. So Callus has been kind of out of the picture for a little while. You, you kind of knew he was exiled. Um, so the Leviathan comes back, but it's now orbiting the moon instead of Nessus because the darkness is like speaking to it. It's like communing with it. And we're trying to figure out why. So and it's also full of nightmares, which are these kind of like apparitions um, of uh, like they kind of become like what your fear is, um, kind of like Freddy Krueger. So um, uh, and it's also the derelict Leviathan. So like there's like kind of like overgrowth everywhere, so and like, there's like uh, Event Horizon Galactus. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's a lot lot yes. of cool cool stuff going on here. Um, but it's awesome. Uh, the seasonal activity is called containment. It's really fun. Uh, you can just explore the derelict Leviathan, which is great. Um, so I've I've played a little bit of it on all three: uh, the the Warlock, the Hunter, and the Titan. Um, having a great time so far. The dungeon launched on Friday, which is called Duality. I have not dropped into that yet. My plan is to do that tomorrow evening uh, because we have Monday off for the holiday. So I'm hoping to do that on um, Sunday night. Uh, the loot looks for looks really really interesting for it. I've not seen where the uh, actual uh, dungeon is yet uh but yeah um i'm also really excited this season we have a rotating raid system uh for the first time uh in d2 ever it used to be like whatever the current raid is that raid awards pinnacle gear which is gear that can like push your level up and make you more powerful and whatever the older raid is like it's still there but it just grants you like at level gear um so it doesn't really like push your power up so uh, they're adding a system this year where every week there's going to be a dungeon and a raid that get, gives pinnacle gear outside of like the current raid, and that's just going to rotate every week. So every week we're going to play um, uh, the uh, the current raid uh, if you know if if we have time to, and then we also have the option of playing you know maybe prophecy or maybe duality or maybe last wish or maybe vault of glass. So like I love just you know my favorite raiding time in destiny uh ever was in destiny one when age of triumph came out and every week there was a there was a different raid that would you know grant this uh this kind of like different uh special armor set so yeah looking forward to doing some different uh raids and dungeons on a kind of a regular cadence there um so besides destiny i have started guardians of the galaxy um this was a few weeks before the season started because you know, sometimes at the end of a season, it's like, all right, is there anything I can, any loot I haven't gotten, any, like, you know, roles I want to go for? And I kind of done everything I wanted to do, and that's usually my time where I kind of switch gears and, and play something else. So Guardians hit Game Pass. It's been on my, my list for a long time. I know you guys played through it uh, on the Discord um, with, uh, uh, with some folks who also wanted to play through it. I didn't read that stuff to try to avoid spoilers. Oh, good. Um, but now that I've uh, played a bit of it, it's so cool. Uh, it's it's. I've never read any comics uh, with Guardians. I've only seen the films, and it certainly takes a lot of um, uh, influence or inspiration from the personalities, uh, the way that the actors portray them in the films. 
it's hard not to hear like Batista's Drax in the Drax performance, uh, like bit, the nuance yeah. and like the subtleties. I would say the Gamora is quite a bit different, but the rest of them yes. kind of yeah stick to their movie versions. Yeah, and uh, and Quill definitely looks a lot different. Um, I mean, not not. I mean, he's he's you know. He's blonde, different haircut. Like, he, like, like you see him in the game, and you don't think Chris Pratt um, yes. at all. Like, he just looks totally different. Um, I think it's cool that he's got the Star Lord patch on the back, like the metal band that they kind of introduced at the beginning. Yeah, it was so cool. Um, and so I will say, I'm typically the same as you, where I don't care about going and collecting cosmetic things. Um, but there are a handful of spots in this game where if you kind of venture off the uh, the path, which the game is fairly linear, but there's then like a handful of points where you can kind of like go, you know, over here, scan different areas. And it's mostly cosmetic stuff. I normally don't care, but I just got Drax's like movie like uh, outfit. And I was like, ooh, like now I care. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it's uh, um, I'm, I'm pretty early on into it. I, I want to say I'm uh, on chapter five. Um, where we just met my new wife, if things uh, ever Lady you know Hellbender? don't work out with my current one. Lady Hellbender is my my every desire personified <laughs> into a into a form, um, at like everything. Like Hellbender, I don't know if Hellbender exists outside this game. But Hellbender had like she she almost she's big enough where she almost looks like a Gears of War gear. Yeah. Like a female get with just like massive like armor, but thankfully her legs are fully exposed, and she has like Chun Li Zangief legs for days, <laughs> and I cannot get enough. It is the best, and she has this like massive glaive weapon with like bone on it, and like she just looks like she could destroy. And her introduction is amazing because she proves that yes, she can destroy. And I, I heard that her you, emotions affect the weather too. <laughs> and she actually, and it, speaking of destroying, you'd probably have to fight Drax the Destroyer for her because uh, seems like she's uh, leaning uh, that direction. But yeah, it's uh, very very cool. The banter between the characters is fantastic. If you've you know seen the films, you kind of know what what you're expecting. But also the personality of each character. I love how Rocket is cursing the entire game, but they use like a different word because you know we're out in space. Um, but it's not just like once or twice; it's every flark in time he speaks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's pretty funny. Um, uh, Groot is Groot, and you know if you ever ask yourself, I mean, how could that one joke? continue they find ways <laughs> to make it continue i do like when he says stuff and then people respond in english it reminds me very much of chewbacca when he yells and then han's like i don't know fly casual you know yeah. i love that stuff and um it, it's but one of my favorite drax lines so far and they're all they're non-stop they just keep going where he just takes everything literally and it's somehow always funny <laughs> where like you're tr you're trying to escape and you're on the ship and it's like oh and they're like punch it and he's like peter quill this is no time for hand-to-hand -hand combat <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just a lot of fun um so so yeah it's uh um combat wise i actually do not like the combat really at all so far like maybe it'll get better when i unlock some more abilities but i feel very much like i'm just trying to not to remain in motion at all times 
and just lock onto something and hold a button to fire at it or just using the guardian powers if they're available to just kill whatever's there maybe there'll be some more strategy eventually it, it but i don't really feel like there complex, is no okay yeah that's my okay. complaint about the game is they wrote a great movie but they didn't make a very good game yeah, mm. yeah everything yeah. i said about like jedi fallen order being a ps2 game like this is also a ps2 game like you you're going yeah. down the corridor and like you said if you go look around this corner you can get your collectible yeah. but yeah it's really all about yes, the story yes. and the writing and the characters i think you yes, could structure wise 100 percent. yeah i think you could enjoy this game better if you didn't buy it and just watched it on youtube and a playthrough i yeah. disagree with that a little bit because there's a lot of choice to be made in how you interact and the characters will treat you differently and you'll get different dialogue options so you can kind of play them how you want them to be played yeah. rather than watching how Hope, someone else wants yeah. them to be hopefully no one will get angry at the dragon age comparisons but i did notice when i like defended rocket a few times it was like rocket is grateful you said that and he'll remember it and i'm like ooh, rocket's gonna remember that so yeah (laughs) there was a little bit of that going on but i definitely see yeah i mean structure wise they're not breaking any barriers here you know it's going back a few barriers exactly yeah but i mean it's it, it looks great um it you know besides the combat not being awesome it plays great there's been a few times where there's a puzzle i gotta solve where they don't give you hints where i'm like all right i mean like i wouldn't mind a hint here but i'll figure it out and then i figure it out um and then this yeah and then at first i'm i'm into like every time they're scanning in a game i think like metroid prime or you know like some game where like i liked learning more about the lore so then early on they're scanning i'm like okay cool and you get mass effect andromeda flashbacks and then you scan something, and it's like, what is this? Oh, the, like, uh, category, lore. Oh, cool, what is it? It's a crate. It's used to store things. Why did someone go through the time? <laughs> <laughs> so there are some little things funny, like that. funny, because it's exactly, not right? expected. Yeah, it's metaphorical. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, I am enjoying that so far, um, and I'll, I'm going to keep going because uh, if Lady Hellbender will have me, uh, it, then I will. That's have her. the point where I'd say if you don't like it up to Lady Hellbender, you're not going to like it. But mm-hmm. if you're into it, there you'll you'll I think you'll really enjoy what's coming forward because they really awesome. Like like it's funny. Like keep talking about funny, and it is really funny. Like they get really emotional too as you get to know these characters and they can dive into their loss and grief and it's it's really mm-hmm. cool yeah no i'm, I'm sorry but i remember <clears throat> you guys talking about that and i hadn't got to that point yet but i'm sure they were just kind of setting the table and, and all that stuff for uh, what's to come it's funny yeah, you don't it. It. i think i dropped out right after about that area <laughs> so yeah i'd, I'd, I'd say that's the, awesome. the point where you you know if you're in or not Yep. So yeah. So I'm gonna keep going with that. Um, so uh, one quick note uh, on something I watched my kids play that I had like heard of, but never, you know, didn't know what it was about. Um, you guys ever played Donut County? I have. I've beaten that one. So I've never played this. Um, at, if it just the the one sentence description, I feel like it's an, it's a mix of Katamari and Rain on Your Parade. Yeah. Um, which I feel like most people know what Katamari is. If you don't know what Rain on Your Parade is. It actually looks a lot like Donut County, where it's very simplistic, kind of like a Pikuniku uh, kind of aesthetic, if uh, you're familiar with that one. And so, uh, Rain on Your Parade, like, you are a cloud, and you're just, you know, 
raining on stuff. And then when you rain on enough stuff, that's the level. But then there'll be a level where it's like, oh, well, you can't rain on that because this is in the way. Okay, now you got to solve a puzzle to figure out what you can rain on to make this happen to then open this up. And I guess, actually, now that I talk about it, um, Untitled Goose Game has a bit of that, too, where it's like, how do I take this simple mechanic and then, you know, make it so I can, you know, do more things? Um, but yeah, Donut County, you just play a hole in the ground. So that's that's the donut. So you move this hole around and cause things to fall into it. And it's like an ever-expanding hole in the ground. So I watched my, my son playing it, and I'm like, so you're just a hole in the ground? And he's like, yeah, watch this. And then he, like, swallows a car. But then as you get later in levels, like, you can actually, like, shoot things out of the hole. And that, that's how you fight bosses. And then you have to solve this puzzle. And then, like, that opens up the roadblock. And then all the cars that can get through the roadblock now just fall into uh, the hole. So they were getting a, a big kick out of it. And it was another one of those just kind of random things they found on Game Pass that they uh, really ended up enjoying. So, so yeah, that was a fun one to see them discover. And funny you mentioned, uh, Chris, earlier, the you know leaving the service soon. Uh, my, my middle guy was like, oh, I can't play Rain in Your Parade anymore. It left Game Pass. So then we went to leaving Game Pass soon. And I'm like, all right, guys, anything here that you want to jam out you know, before it's going away? And there was, there was one that I wanted to give a try, but I don't know if I'll have enough time before it leaves Game Pass. Resident Evil 7 is leaving mm-hmm. Game Pass soon. So um, I'll have to keep an eight? eye on that. Uh, I have not. Mm-hmm. If you, I don't know if it's on Game Pass, but if it is on Game Pass, it's a direct sequel to Seven, and they have like a like a video recap that like because I didn't play Seven, I just played Eight, mm. but I feel like I know all of Seven because Eight filled me in, mm. and then the whole story was about like what happened in Seven, like the the aftermath kind of thing. Uh, oh, cool! Yeah, I good good to know. Have that on PlayStation somehow, so I wonder if it's part of that PS Plus thing on PS Five or. Maybe it was a PlayStation Plus freebie at some point, but oh right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so yeah, so that was uh, uh, so Rana, blah, blah 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 Donut County rather. So and then I wanted to give a quick Steam Deck update. I don't want to get too in the weeds on this, but I did want to uh, kind of expand just a tiny bit on some of the uh, some of the math that I've done some some more of the number crunching on. So I think I've, I've mentioned before that the community has kind of figured out a method to find out, you know, like how much time has passed when your pre-order was made to like who gets to order their Steam decks. So the, the recap of that is there are a total of nine queues. There are because there are three regions. There's the U.S., the U.K. and um, uh, uh, E.U., and then there's three models in each region, you know, the 64, 256, 512. So nine queues total. So. I made my order an hour and 59 minutes after pre-orders went live. Every Monday and Thursday, emails are sent out to the next people in line to place their order. Since it's made for nine different queues, I'm only paying attention to my queue because the rest of them like don't matter to me. So the most recent uh, people that were able to make orders, their uh, pre-orders were made within 35 minutes and 48 seconds. So again, I was an hour and 54. So I still have like an hour, I still have an hour and 20 minutes left to go. The other thing that that I'm tracking now is the difference since the last batch of emails in in time. So this current week, it was a difference of, uh, uh, or this last Thursday was a difference of four minutes and four seconds. Before that, 
three minutes, three minutes, 153, 103, 52 seconds, two minutes. So, yeah, it's they, they started off kind of like, you know, 30 seconds a minute, two, three. The last have been like three, three, four. Do you think that's just because so, there's a glut of people all front-loaded there and it's kind of spreading out as you go? Uh, yeah, so what's happened – so, like, Valve isn't giving us any info, but, you know, we're just thinking logically when pre-orders go live, the most people jump in and then make it, and then it's going to kind of like, you know, taper off from there. So we've expected that kind of, you know uh, – that kind of curve up for a little bit now. Um, but now that we have enough data where uh, we want to have like a few more weeks worth of that, where we can start like plotting points and then like know where it's going to come in. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, and I thought it was uh, an interesting thing to mention to Chris here. Cause I'm not, I'm not a, a Unix guy. Um, and uh, there's something that computers use, especially uh, Unix based computers use to tell time. And that's epoch time. Are you familiar with this, Chris? No. Mm-mm. So Epoch is super interesting. So the, the when you make a reservation and you go into the API, it shows your reservation time as Epoch time. Now, what Epoch is, it was developed for Unix computer systems because a computer can't add like seconds and minutes and hours to nothing. It has to have a starting point. So the starting point they chose is January 1st, 1970. So epoch time is the number of seconds that have passed <laughs> since January 1st, 1970. Oh, okay. Excel does that so sort my, of thing too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So my epoch time from our reservation is 16264616699. That is the number of seconds since January 1st, 1970 that my uh, Steam Deck reservation went through. So that was a fun little math update. Um uh, so next thing I'll mention is uh, I, I, I mentioned this a little bit about Kelsey and his new uh, music. Um, I've been, I'm excited for the upcoming corn show that I'm going to go to uh, in August. Um, so, and I mentioned that on the Discord, and Kelsey mentioned, you know, I don't think I've ever heard a single corn song. And I said, well, it sounds like you're asking me for a corn playlist. And he said, yeah, but don't go crazy. <laughs> How about just like two or three songs, and we'll see where this goes. So it's actually really, it's really, really easy to throw a bunch of songs that you love at someone. It's really difficult just to choose like two or three oh, yeah. that like define a band because there's so much, right? So I did my best to pick a few. They're not my favorites, but they're ones that I think really represent what the band uh, is kind of about. And so I sent him on to Kelsey, and he listened to them like rather quickly. He's he's very good at that. And he hit me back, and he was like, "I can't believe I've not been listening to this the whole time. Like <laughs> I finally get it. I finally see what these new metal pioneers were all about. Please give me more." Please give me more. So I will work on getting a bigger corn. Uh, uh, no, Kelsey was a great sport, and he did listen to it, and he said, I'm happy that you're happy. It's not for me. <laughs> Kelsey said, I would like one song for each correctly written letter in the name of their band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's three exactly songs. <laughs> I saw this uh, article the other day. It was like, how to download uh, an alphabet so you can add the backwards r when texting corn to your friends <laughs> so uh so yeah so that's a little bit of corn for kelsey he's a fan now he's buying his jinko jeans um <laughs> and so i've been watching the nhl playoffs uh, my rangers are still in it uh they played tonight they won game six forcing a game seven in carolina which is awesome uh the good news is you know they're still in it which carolina uh, the bad news uh the hurricanes yeah, no, so which, uh, I don't know. North or South Carolina? Oh, uh, 
if Raleigh is in north and north. Raleigh? Yes. Yes, Raleigh. Sorry. I'm saying that for so, Rich. Yeah, r- oh, I apologize, Rich. <laughs> Raleigh, Raleigh NC. Um, I think that's so, uh, yeah, so, the, so, yeah, the, the good news is they're still in it. The bad news is they now have to go play a game in Carolina. Uh, the home team has won every game in this series. Uh, so oh. since Carolina has home ice advantage, four games are getting played there. So if they want to win this series, they got to win a game in Raleigh, so that'll be on Monday night. How do we get ice in North Carolina? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 indoors. We, import it from Canada. we have the we technology. <laughs> I'm they, br- they bring it in on a super train, <laughs> and then and then and then that Superman flies awesome. around it backwards Blows to like the ice breath. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, so um. When I I don't know if, if anyone else out there who watches sports is like this, but when I kind of am really into a game, uh, I like my like I you know my my blood gets up and I'm excited, my heart's going. When the game's over, win or lose, I find it very difficult to kind of come down <laughs> from that and do something else. I'm still kind of like either very happy or like very riot during the playoffs, right? Flipping yeah, garbage cans and smashing windows. So like early on, it's like after the hockey game, it's like I planned on going downstairs and playing some Destiny, but like I was I I couldn't. So I was like, okay, well let's watch <laughs> let's watch some TV or movie or something. So um some of this stuff uh, that we've been watching uh, on the movie front, I watched X, which is the A twenty four slasher. Um, have you guys heard about this? Mm-hmm. Um, so A A twenty four is kind of like an artsy uh, uh movie. Uh, I don't know what you, what you call it. Uh. Distri- not distribution. They're um, there's a uh, studio, I guess you would call them. Um, but uh, X is a X, uh, X going to give a, it a, to you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's called X because it's about a group of people who are making an adult film, and it's in Texas, and it's very kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre reminiscent, where like they go and they rent this, you know, kind of like barn out from this old couple to, you know, in a bar or whatever they're going <laughs> to, well, like it's, it's, it's like, um, it's kind of like an outbuilding, oh. but like, but there's also like, it, it's like a, I should say guest house because oh, there okay. are like bedrooms and stuff, like, but then hey. there also is a, there is a barn that they do some that things in and then some other things. Oh, happen. Have you ever no, laid yes. on hay? I mean, anything for the story, I guess. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> but, feel good, but, no, yeah, I can't imagine. Um, I have been on haunted hay rides, but that was very brief, and I was sitting with clothes on as opposed to, <laughs> you know, unclothed. Um, but yeah, so uh, so X was was pr- pretty good, pretty decent slasher. Um, I forget the director's name, but he's the same guy who directed VHS, which I absolutely love, and he's done some other things over the years that I like. So uh, X was solid, um, and um, uh, I was really looking forward to uh, the Northmen. Uh, which is the new Robert Eggers film. I'm a huge Robert Eggers fan. I love The Lighthouse. I love okay. uh, most everything he's done. Uh, so The Northman is, uh, if you've seen the trailer, it's a Viking uh, story of you know back in the Norse uh, days where a young boy, uh, and this isn't really a spoiler because it's in the trailer, um, where a young boy's father, the king, is killed, his mother taken captive, and he basically flees his homeland like kind of repeating to himself like like i'm gonna i, I will avenge you father i will save you mother it's i will kill in. you i just watched that uh, yeah it's a good movie yep so um it is 
way different than any other Robert Eggers movie. It's probably the most accessible, I would say, because like The Lighthouse is kind of weird and out there, and a lot of his yeah. movies are kind of weird and out there. But The Northman is very much a movie. As long as someone's not really averse to like you know violence, um, that you could just recommend to anybody like, hey, you into Vikings? Go watch this. It's not like kind of like off the wall weird crazy. Oh, and Midsummer. That's the other uh, recent one that he did. Um, so, uh, but yeah, really, really very good. Definitely not what I was expecting. Uh, Willem Dafoe makes a, a fun appearance uh, as like the crazy kind of court jester uh, type guy, which whatever the Norsemen call that. So that was really cool. Um, I also watched The Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield, <laughs> and I have to tell you, I am a I try to be a very positive person, and even if something's not for me, I say, you know, it's not for me, and like we put that over there. This was an absolute struggle to get through this. It is not only is it not for me, I don't wish it upon anyone. There's so much cringy dialogue like i thought the dialogue in episode two was cringy this is up there every scene with emma stone and andrew garfield is awkward there is zero chemistry you between like them Branzino? the writing is oh thanks <laughs> oh who doesn't like branzino what the hell is this <laughs> so um also spoiler alert um i hate dennis leary <laughs> Here's the here's the actual spoiler. So you have five seconds. Four, three, two, one. So I was really glad that Dennis Leary died. Um, so that was like the only like big thing for me in it that was a positive that came out of it. But then I started watching Amazing Spider-Man two, and there's like spoiler alert. Three, two, one. There's like flashbacks where like he's in it because he's like you know the memory of him is haunting Peter because you know he wants her to leave Gwen out of it. I mean, I'm going to watch it because I want to watch like all the Spider-Man stuff, but I don't actually know if this is the common opinion of these films, but man, are they hard to watch to the point where I can't believe someone at Sony watched them when they were finished and was like, yeah, we can put that out in the world. So they're kind of like the prequels where I don't remember ever meeting a single human being who enjoyed these movies when they came out, but now that there's like some distance behind them, they're like, oh yeah, Andrew's our Mm. favorite. We want another one. And I don't know where that came from. Yeah, I mean, I like Andrew. I like Andrew yeah. in everything I've Andrew, else I've ever seen and, him in. Uh, Emma Stone, like great, great. How people. is he so no good in this movie at all? And then there's for some reason like Paul Giamatti <laughs> yeah. is like rhino, like, like a, t- a tattooed uh, uh, you know like villain a, at the beginning like of a, two, uh, like a Batman Forever style like blunder in casting, like right. It's so weird. Oh, overacted like to to and then like. I know it's he's a comedy character, but Spider-Man kind of jumps up to the side of the armored car and, like, rolls the window down, and he's like, oh, how you doing? Like, you can call me this, you can call me that, just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> like, it's so, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so, so, yeah. You saw No Way Home, that. right? Of course. I've seen every, yep, so, all the... the... I, I love how they played with some of that stuff, though, where it's like, uh, they're like, what's the coolest villain you've ever fought? He's like, I fought a guy in a rhino costume one time. And like, yeah. like, yeah. They kind of make them sound <laughs> stupid, because it is stupid. Right, and, and then and then the um uh it could be because Sarah wasn't watching it with me, but she kind of like would pop in the room here and there, and uh, again, I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but in No Way Home, they all have experienced grief. Mm-hmm. So so Sarah comes in and she's like, so what like has has any has anything happened in Amazing yet? And I'm like, no, nothing yet. So like I don't know 
what or when. I mean, I know it's going to happen yeah. because he talks about it. So it's it's at the so end that's, of two. Yeah. Mm, okay. So uh, so yeah. So then that's because why when because so I and I didn't think I'd seen those movies before I saw No Way Home. I don't like mm. those movies. I have the exact same opinion as you. I think they're mm. just bad representations of everybody who's in them. Mm. So when I was watching No Way Home, and like the moment that made me tear up was an Andrew Garfield moment. I was like, "What's happening same. here?" Same, yeah, and and we talked about that. So I hadn't seen Amazing. I was just tearing up off of the the performance of Andrew Garfield in No Way Home, and so now and and the thing is, I remember specifically in No Way Home that he doesn't say MJ. He doesn't say, "Oh, I had an MJ." Like it, it was kind of like, "Oh, like I had someone too, or I had a girl too." So then when I see that it's Gwen in his movies, I'm like, "Okay, it's it's got to be this one, right?" So. But yeah, it's I we had that conversation. I did the exact same thing. So you haven't met um, Green Goblin yet, then? Oh boy, you're in for a real no, treat. No, and and I and I've just met um, Black Edward Nigma um, in Jamie Fox uh, <laughs> spilling his blueprints all over the uh, street and becoming like a, a Spider-Man mega fan, talking to him in the mirror when he's like so, setting himself up. Yeah, in the morning. so I, you're probably confused with No Way Home because they retconned that character completely. He's totally different mm-hmm. in No Way Home. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, so, um, uh, I, I'm really trying to watch more movies, which I think I've mentioned before. So, uh, you know, they can't all be zingers. No, and um, I think so you um, appreciate the good ones more when you watch some really bad ones once in a while. For sure. Yeah. And, and there are, and there are some redeeming, you know, things where like something will happen and you're like, oh, that's cool. But man, it's, it's, uh, for the most part, it's a wreck. Yeah, and Sally so. Fields in that movie too. Like such a cast. And, it's crazy. And, uh, like Jed Bartlett. Martin Sheen, yeah. the elusive man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. What are you gonna do? Um, so uh, so that's it for uh, for for movies for the most part. Um, TV shows. Um, we got turned on to this show called Severance, um, which oh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I've I've only heard a few people uh uh, uh kind of talk about it at work, and then someone mentioned it one of my kids' scouts things, and they kind of explained what the premise was, like how um they can like sever your personality so like your 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 work personality has no knowledge of your home personality your home personality has no knowledge of your yeah so that's what the that's what the severance term comes from so like when you're at work you have zero concept of what goes on outside that building so you step on that elevator and you get out in the lobby and it's like you're like waking up, like, okay, and like you, so you get your badge out of your locker and you go home. In an office, so my assumption yeah. was it had to do with them leaving, like it, they were getting a severance package kind of deal, and they were nope. like going to burn the place down or something weird. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not the, so I I thought I kind of had the same idea because when you see some of the your previews and stuff, it's everyone's in suits at computers and yeah. stuff. But it's really interesting because you don't you don't know the time period that it starts in like at first, but like when everyone's sitting at their computers, it's like Fallout Three computers. <laughs> They're like green screens, like everything looks like it's like in like you know like the you know 50s or 60s or something. The rooms that they're in are like think Batcave in Dark Knight, like just like. White. like hundreds of feet wide and like with like l- l- lights like kind of throughout but there's like four cubicles in the center of this enormous <laughs> room so everything's like really weird um you don't know what they do with the company they don't know what they do because everything's kind of in- they're like here's some numbers just decode them and like they don't know why they're doing it um so at first it sounds like oh cool like i don't have to take any of the stress from work home and vice versa like this is great sign me up and you find out very quickly that this is not 
an ideal situation and no one should do this, but really, really, really good. I would recommend uh, giving it a shot if you have the Apple Plus. Um, and uh, the, the main guy in it, I think the actor's name is Adam Adam Scott. Adam McKay? Um, uh, I thought it was Adam. Uh, I think, hang on, I leave, think leave. Scott's his name from Parks and Rec. Adam Scott. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's. Uh, it is Adam Scott. Okay. Maybe I got that from IMDb. Words. Yeah. So Adam Scott, for those of you who don't know him by name, if you've ever seen Step Brothers, the he's the he's the uh, <laughs> the the jerk brother, the one who gets punched and falls out of the treehouse. <laughs> so um and yeah and he's in Parks and Rec. Uh, spoiler alert: Mary's uh, Leslie. So um so yeah, watched uh, Severance. That's been really good so far. We have one episode left till the mid-season break of Better Call Saul. This is a show that I absolutely love. I do think this final season is quite slow so far. Um, so let's we'll see if it goes anywhere. Very excited to watch Shorzy, uh, which has started, but I haven't started it yet besides the trailer. And uh, Obi-Wan, uh, which we will talk about um, if we have time at the end of the show. And that's all my stuff. What's up, Chris? One thing I forgot about, and I gotta bring it up. Yeah. Um, Go for it. And I don't. And was I the only one? kids? New kids? New kids in the hall? Oh, I watched that. Yeah. Yeah. Saw the trailer. Added it to the list. Have not started. I, I've it. seen like the first uh, three episodes. Um, watched the whole thing. You watched the whole thing. Watched the whole thing. So positive the whole way through. It felt just like the old show. Okay, like, cool. When it hit, it hit really good, and it was so funny. And then there's a couple sketches. Yeah, where like, sketch this, this one's just not right? for me, but the next one is for me. So I'll sit mm-hmm. through this episode, and like, so like 75% of it I loved, and that's about how much I loved the old show, too. How, how much you like full frontal dude nudity? <laughs> I didn't ever need to see Kevin McDonald and Dave Foley <laughs> jumping and spinning buck naked. <laughs> but it was funny. I mean, the concept was funny in the car. Like, he's like, you know who they're not looking for? (laughs) Two naked guys. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I got to give it to them. I wouldn't have the guts to pull that off. They went for it. So, I mean, Mm. they they did it. That that whole first bit about brain candy finally breaking even (laughs) and breaking the curse. Like, that was so funny. That's like my favorite sketch in the whole thing. Marv. <laughs> yeah, so that's an, another one on the list. But yeah, I was, I was, we talked about it before that I'm, I my only experience with Kids in the Hall was watching it in syndication on Comedy Central after school. So I would get home, turn the TV on, maybe do some homework, and like throw Comedy Central on, watch some stand up or old SNL reruns or whatever. And that song, like you know, that Kids in the Hall theme song, is burned into my brain. It's, it's so it's there. short. It's and sweet and good and uh and yeah so um but you heard it and it was like oh we're put the remote down yeah and but you're right like it's it's just that weird it's just weird enough and just irreverent enough where like you you just sometimes kind of like double take and you're like all right i guess and then sometimes they just keep going with it yeah like i remember this one where like this guy like got like a beeper and like he was like all right he's excited he's kevin mcdonald and like he's all right cool but then like no one's beeping him so then he like buys more beepers and like it just keeps going and then he ends up like sitting naked in the middle of his kitchen surrounded by beepers like someone call me and it's like who thinks of this well the kids in the hall did so and there's just enough 
like homage to their old stuff. They bring back a few old recurring characters, but there's mm. most of it's new stuff too. And it's still That's really cool. good. And the final, like when you get to the final sketch of the final episode, yeah. it's, it's genius. It's really yeah. clever, really funny. Do they now? So one thing I remember about the original show is, uh, I don't know if it was every episode or, or if it just occasionally, but there would be a, a good number of monologues where it would just be like Scott Thompson has like a four minute, you know, Sometimes, monologue yeah. sitting on a stool type thing. Yeah. So are they doing any it's of that not stuff? Not as often, but it's in there. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. He's got some moments. Very cool. Yeah, it seems like they really like just it. said, do whatever you want, guys. And yeah. they're doing it. That, and the only, the only reason I brought up Raleigh is I'm surprised. You've never been through the Raleigh-Durham airport. Because, like, that's a big East Coast, like, airport to go through. And, oh my god, it's the worst airport on the planet <laughs> if you've ever had to go through the airport. It sucks. I think I, I, yeah, I think I connected there once. Because um, typically we fly out of JFK or Westchester, and we're usually going to Florida because that's where Sarah's parents are, or going to Buffalo. So yeah, I, I know Raleigh Durham is a big, uh, a big connector, but yeah, it's, it's like not the uh, worst airport because yeah. it's not really big enough to be anything, and it's just like mm. mostly connection junk, and it's just uh, it's yeah. a really unpleasant place to be. <laughs> My personal least favorite, and I haven't traveled a ton. My personal least favorite is Atlanta, because it's like two enormously long like terminals, and they're like they they're like connected like with each other. So like I remember like I I was getting there for a connection, and I got there, and it's like oh like you gotta go to like you know like gate like seventy six or whatever. So like I'm like like from one end to the other like gate seventy six, and they're like. Oh well, like this is A seventy six. You want to be in B seventy six because like there, there's two of them. And yeah. I'm like, well, so then we had to like go ac- like backtrack, go across, and then like get back to seventy six. At least they have like I made trams the flight. there, so I mean it's not terrible. Yes. But... Yeah, yeah. It's that was just a bad experience because I I made the flight. My uh, my carry on did not. So that was my my fun little adventure. But uh, but yeah. So kids in the hall. Added, added to the list. Yeah, I'm looking forward to finishing up the season. So, yeah, I think there's a few sketches you'll you'll really get a kick out of in the later <laughs> I, half. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sad I can't share with my kids though. So I watched yeah, that first episode. And I went, uh, nope, can't share this with my kids. This one yeah. won't, wouldn't have been on syndication back in the day. <laughs> so, so speaking of share, this last thing I'll mention because I forgot I started this as well. Um, our good friends Rich and um, Adam. Uh, the last time I saw them last year at Retro Worlds, um, introduced me. I, I knew of Rick and Morty, but I had never seen any Rick and Morty. And then they found that out, and they said, oh, "We got to watch a few." So they they showed me a few episodes, and then Rick, uh, sorry, Rich, when we got back to my house, Pickle Rich, we call uh, him, yeah. Pi- uh, yeah, Pickle Rich uh, <laughs> showed me the Pickle Rick episode, <laughs> um, and uh, was awesome. And um, so just a few weeks ago, maybe this past week, it blurs together. I just I fired up Hulu and it's like, Oh, they have Rick and Morty. So I like season one, episode one, I watched the first two episodes, maybe three and found, I knew from pickle Rick that, you know, all the violence and stuff that it wasn't a kid appropriate thing, but like season one, episode one, you, you know, really soon, like, yeah, no, this is not because the kids came in the room and I was like, Nope, 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 <laughs> Nope. Out, 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 out right now. Uh, but yeah, very, very, very good so far. It's great when a show knows what it is right from the beginning. Yeah. It's very silly. It's fun. Yep. 
All right. So now that we're all caught up, that was a, a, a bit of a long one because it's been a few more weeks uh, than usual since uh, uh, we had to talk. But now that we're all caught up, we'll move on to our main topic, which is which is not a topic at all. What? Uh, so the guys were nice enough to let me do this, and hopefully it's, it's some fun. Uh, uh, I am a very hip, cool, young person, <laughs> so I like TikTok. So on TikTok, there's these guys that I follow, and it doesn't matter who they are, um, but they are they they quiz each other on wrestlers because um, they're both big wrestling fans. So it'll be like, all right, buddy, like name a wrestler, go, and then like they have 30 seconds, and they can ask, you know, kind of okay, are they active? Were they active in the 90s? Are they world champion? And it kind of like narrows it down to like who it was, and I like that a lot. And then they did this other thing recently where they did a fill in the blank. And they kind of came up with these cool questions, and they just kind of went back and forth. And I said, ooh, that would be really cool just to do kind of a gaming, uh, kind of like across the board, fill in the blank. So hopefully these are these are interesting, and they, they get some uh, some cool discussion. And if you need some time to, uh, to think about it, uh, we can just kind of go around the table a little bit. But, uh, yeah, hopefully it ends up being fun. But I, I think we could get some cool stuff uh, out of these. So I've got ten multiple-choice questions. So we should have enough here to uh, to go for a little bit before we start talking some Obi Wan with the as far as the superior uh, star uh, content. Multiple uh, choice goes. or multiple guess? <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, 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 fill in the oh, blank. Oh, fill in the blank. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I misspoke. So ten fill in the blank. So why don't we start with uh, with Chris on the first question? I'll let you both answer, of course. When I am browsing my collection, blank is a game. That if I put my eyes on it, I must play it, even if it's only for a few minutes. Now, am I answering because I'm Bill McGee, or am I answering because it's me? No, no, you're no, you're you. Oh, I'm me. Because I was gonna say you yeah. would be like Jackal, but I mean, <laughs> ooh, yeah, that's a great answer. And now I'm and now I'm all set. You have to come back to me. <laughs> so, oh, sorry. Well, you're asking the questions. I don't know if you're answering that, them too. Uh, yeah. For me, uh, Castlevania yeah. on the NES. If I see that, yes, I, I play that game because. Uh, it's one where like every muscle memory is just burned into my skull and I can just mm. walk all the way through the doggone game without a problem. So that's awesome. Castlevania. Yeah. So, so you heard it blindfold run. No, no, <laughs> I'm not that good, but, um, I can, well, I, to, I, I can get to everyone else. You're and... going to have to blindfold and play with your chin now too. <laughs> <laughs> I want the I want the, I, the hands-free controller. I'm gonna blow and the yeah yeah. I know you guys can't usually see you know with our backgrounds on the camera, but I love the Castlevania soundtrack so 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 much. I, I pull this record out, and and the thing is because it's not too terribly long, you don't need a whole lot of time. Just throw it on, listen to that music. That's that's a great answer. I actually brought my record player upstairs to my kitchen just before my trip, so we've been jamming out to stuff like that uh, in the mornings when we're making breakfast lately, and it's been great. Awesome. All right, Kel. So how about you? When you're browsing your collection, what game, if you see it, uh, i got to throw that on just for a minute. So I have a bad habit of grabbing Buster Bros for the Turbo CD and putting that one in. Um, Interesting. And I love that game. And they put out a, a modern one called Pang. Uh, well, it's, it's Pang in Japan. Um, but they put out mm. a modern one for PS4 here. And so if I see either one of those, I'm always like, oh, i got to play a couple, a couple levels of Pang. 
I would never have guessed that in my life. I don't talk oh, about that yeah. game a lot, but it's it's like a top ten for me. It's one of my favorites, and it, the okay. co-op is so good. It's like a really fun thing to put in with the kids or put in with a buddy when they're over because nobody's ever played it, so it's fun. <laughs> but for some reason, when I was a kid, I used to run into arcade machines for it. Like every time we went on a family trip, it was in a hotel. Mm. So I played a lot of Pang on the arcade as a kid. <laughs> All right, that's awesome. That's some trivia See, for we're somebody. Le- there you go. Yeah, we're we're learning stuff. <laughs> this is great. Um, I will absolutely take Jackal as an answer because that is that is super on on brand. Um, I will just go ahead and add RBI Baseball as the one that I most commonly, if I just was at my parents' house and I just kind of looked at the games over there, that's something that you can just pop in, play an inning, and turn it off. So. Uh, I've I've probably played more single innings of RBI baseball than full games <laughs> of RBI baseball. So so yeah, so we're off to a good start. So we started Chris last time. We're gonna switch uh, to the Kel of Swell. Blank is a game that I look for every time I step foot into an arcade. Oh, um, X Men. Uh, yeah, you don't have to look for it. I know it finds me. It's so big. <laughs> 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 it's, a, it's a favorite in, in every way. I've I've told you guys that story from Magfest, right? Yeah, with the Colossus um, poster outside. It, yeah. it per, like just if there was ever a poster that had the opposite effects of what the intended one was, <laughs> please keep it down with a picture of Colossus <laughs> from the game. Of course, everyone's gonna make that sound, you guys. Yeah, it's great. We we were lucky enough to have uh, a group bring in the six player at uh, Retro World a few years yeah, ago. It's a good memory for me. I love that. Yeah, very cool. All right, Chris. Uh, when, whenever you see coin op arcade games, is there something like ooh ooh? I hope they have the Ninja Warriors by Taito. Uh, nobody has cool. that. I, I I've only yeah, ever seen the arcade one. machine when it was at my local arcade. In the late 80s, mm. never seen another one anywhere else since, and I would love mm. to play that on an arcade machine again, mm. but I guarantee they just, they're like three screen monstrosities. They probably just are like unobtainium mm. anymore. I'm sure they just don't exist, but do I look for it all the time? Anytime I'm in any, like, <laughs> I'll go to like Midwest Gaming Classic who has like a huge like arcade mm. area. No, but like every time, like one of those shows, I'm looking around. Mm. I'm, I'll probably never see it again. But yes, that's the one I always look for. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've never seen one in person. I mean, the the most arcade machines I've ever seen in person was Magfest, and I don't remember seeing one. Out of, I saw a lot of machines I'd never seen in person, but I don't remember seeing that one. Other than that, like the one I want to look to play because I know it'll be there will be some version of Street Fighter Two because I know there will be a version of Street Fighter Two there, and I can play yep. that game. So. So, so yeah, that that was my answer. Is I'm a simple man. Um, I don't need you know the the crazy version, the super, the ultra, the turbo. I would p- please just Street Fighter Two Champion. Is Champion the, is edition, this, really? Yeah, World Warrior. Um, I'm not a World Warrior. It was that, that was the game that we kind of. That's not a yeah. <laughs> so the World Warrior was where I started my Street Fighter yeah. love, and back in the the Street Fighter Mortal Kombat days. But yeah, Champion Edition was like I remember going to vacation the next year and seeing Champion Edition, and I was like, you can play as the bosses, 
everything is changed now. Yeah, because all yeah, you that do that is was, play M. Bison that in that version, and he destroys everything. Well, <laughs> I, I actually yeah, kind of have I, one more answer to this question, too. Yeah. Um, I played an Atari collection on the Switch a couple years ago, and there was a game on it called Major Havoc. And it's an old vector monitor Atari coin-op. And it blew my mind that mm. it came out in the 80s. And I mm. would love to find that machine somewhere and try that one at some point, too. Awesome. Good stuff. All right. So uh, we're back to Chris, I think, if my math is correct. Uh, Blank is a game that not a lot of people care for, but I absolutely adore. Robocop in the arcade. <laughs> That's not a good game. But I'm telling you, every time I see Robocop, the arcade game, I will play Robocop. And it like I said, it ain't great. It's kind of a dumb <laughs> game. I don't know why I like it, but it's just kind of fun. Like the you know, it makes all the Robocop noises. And he yeah. says the stuff like "Thank you for your cooperation." Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I like I like his posture in the game too, like with the arms. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like, I, I mean it's RoboCop, and uh, yep. it's like in that same kind of cabinet that like Bad Dudes was in, and I'm sure mm. it's like the same platform or whatever. Like mm. I said, not winning any awards, but um, mm. I don't know why I love to play RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, Lance. Uh, Lance, I believe, owned a copy of that game. I remember that game giving him headaches a couple of expos ago. He like the monitor was was going funny on him. But yeah, we uh, we enjoy a good uh, RoboCop session now and then. That's a good answer. All right, Kelsey, is anything spring to mind? Something um, that uh... let's go with totally rad for the NES. It's like okay. a Mega Man clone, and not a particularly noteworthy one, other than they really use a lot of '80s lingo and colors. <laughs> Um, but I love it. I used to rent it all the time and the transformations are ridiculous. You turn into like a creature from the black lagoon or like a bird man and you, and you have access to everything right off the start. And then it's got those big bosses where the screen's just like black behind them. So they can use the extra sprite layers and just have these monsters that take up the whole monitor coming at you. Um, yeah, I like that game a lot. It's not noteworthy. You should play Mega Man instead if you're looking for that kind of game. <laughs> that was totally rad. Uh, it was totally rad. I assume rad. you're, yeah. I assume you're talking about Mega Man the board game. Yeah, well, either one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, good good call. So um, uh, I was thinking about this a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say it's one that people don't care for. I just think it's one that just doesn't get recognition that I absolutely adore. And I, I think I've mentioned on the show before, uh, the arcade game Police Trainer oh, yeah. um, is something that um, uh, is just i don't know how i got hooked on it like i just kind of tried it you know in some you know like movie theater arcade one time and it just resonated with me like it's just a, a simplified version of like a, a point blank you know like kind of like a, a mini game shooter that's kind of like police training themed you know like shoot the right color you know like you know reflex test like you know shoot the bad guy not the innocent person you know like the old west shooter type uh, uh trope but just something about it it's just i i love it i almost thought about um uh uh outlaw golf um but uh mentioning that one but uh i feel like that was you know known enough that you could say it that and people are like oh yeah i know what that is yeah. yeah a little bit right so like police trainer like i mentioned it and people are like oh, i don't know if i know that one so going with police trainer all right so next 
So this one um, has a little bit of a hint uh, for the uh, for the first blank. So the the first blank um, should be a gaming company, gaming developer, you know, some uh, uh, a studio, someone, some someone who makes. Uh, yeah, we'll 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 go over to you this time. So I love blank, but something I wish they would stop doing or do a better job of is blank. I love. Nintendo, and what I wish they would do a better job of is giving people information about upcoming games. Um, mm. I feel like I don't know what's coming out for the next, the rest of this year, even. Like, it's just really mm. uh, maybe Bayonetta 3, maybe Splatoon mm. 2. Like, I don't know what their Christmas game is this year, and we're kind of getting close to that time. I would like to know what the slate looks like going forward. How many years so, has Bayonetta three been in development? They announced it like when Reggie still worked there, like it's yeah. been what, four or five years ago now. Oh yeah. So I don't typically watch Treehouses live, but I feel like every time they're like, "Yo, a Treehouse is coming up," everyone's excited and everyone's happy with like what they showed and what's coming up. But you're saying, is the Treehouse normally telling you stuff that's imminent? And you're talking about stuff like later in the year? So I know some people like this because Nintendo's gotten good at being like, hey, here's something that's going to come out in six months. They're not like, we're going to announce Starfield. Here's a date. Now we have to delay it. You've known about Starfield for seven years. They're, they don't do that. And I don't want that. I, I feel like there's some middle ground where I would like to know what 2023 looks like and mm. I'd, I'd like to know what 2022 looks like in 2022 and I don't yeah um, yeah but I don't need to know what's 2024 and beyond like it would just be nice right. to because games are so expensive now like I got a budget for new ones like I bought a switch for Shin Megami Tensei 5 because they showed a trailer for Shin Megami Tensei 5 before the switch came out and it took like four years for that game to come out mm. that's too long do do shorter but uh, also give me like a year buffer cool so chris i have a guess on what yours might be but let's let's go ahead and uh, see i love blank but something i wish they would stop doing or do a better job of is blank i love bethesda but i wish they would stop doing stupid online versions of their great <laughs> single player games no, nobody wants Fallout 76, and nobody wants Elder Scrolls Online. Elder we Scrolls want does well for them, doesn't it? I don't online. don't care. <laughs> we want Fallout Five, and we want the next Elder Scrolls game. It's been a wow. decade. Wow. And all I have to see is every once in a while, like, oh man, this new expansion's coming to Elder Scrolls Online. Just yep. shoot this thing in the head, man. Just, Microsoft, please. Just yep. please. Make it stop. <laughs> I, I love Elder Scrolls, and I tried Elder Scrolls Online when the beta, like, happened, and I played it for, like, four minutes, and I was like, all right, cool. Like, not for me. Like, I don't want, like, an MMO. And every year I would go to PAX or, you know, you'd look at, like, what's coming on, like, Bethesda. And they would put a significant amount of time into Elder Scrolls Online. And I'm like, well, I mean, someone's got to be playing it. Like, they're making money. And you look at, like, Final Fantasy XIV. 
there's a lot of people like playing MMOs out there. So like, I know there's a crowd for it, but yeah, it, it is frustrating when you realize that there hasn't been a single player Elder Scrolls story after Skyrim. But they'll re-release it 700 times until then. Um, yeah. I don't know. What did you it's, think it's I was coming, going to answer? Yeah. That's my curiosity. I thought you were going to go along the lines of, I love Nintendo, uh, but I wish that they would um, be like Nintendo of Europe and give us the collector I editions do. that Europe gets. I do. I was almost going to go with, um, I love Square Enix, but I wish they would stop giving us crappy new Final Fantasy games. But, I love Square Enix. I wish they would not be the way that they are. I, but <laughs> I, I stopped they would be myself. Separated again. Because I feel like they're giving us enough of through like the Bravely series and they did like triangle mm. strategy. So I'm like, okay, look, they're at least carving something out for me that I like and producing it. Mm-hmm. And I can ignore the rest of that stuff. So that's okay. They've, they've, they're still giving me something as a customer to appreciate. And I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. Like Bethesda, right. you ain't giving me nothing. Right. Yeah. And, and that's like, you know, when I look at uh, Bethesda and, all of the game, all of the single player experiences that come out of Bethesda that you hear good things about, they get good reviews, and it's just not particularly, you know, interesting to me. Um, like, uh, like you look at um, what do you call it? Like the Wolfenstein games and the Evil Within, which looks super cool and interesting, but I just don't think it's for me. And then there's, um, uh, did Dishonored come out of the uh, uh, Bethesda that camp? Was Arcane, yep. right? Right, Ar- Ar- yeah, Arcane Studios, right? Um, within Beth, so um, but yeah, so like there's there's stuff there. Uh, what is it, New Colossus or whatever it is with the Wolfenstein stuff? So there's stuff there, but yeah, I find myself just that simple dude that just wants you know the the Fallout that I want or the Elder Scrolls that I want. So I'm kind of with you on. I just that. don't know why they can't. I, to me, a reasonable thing would go look. We're gonna stagger. Or you'll get a new Elder Scrolls yeah. every five years. Uh, well, no, you're going to give you a new game every five years, and the, one of those two, right. we'll stair-step them. We'll give you new Elder Scrolls, right. five years later you get a new Fallout, and then we'll just bang, yep. bang, 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 right? Yep, and and there's other pla- other places have shown you can do that, like uh, with um, uh, Forza Motorsport and Forza Horizon, and they would just alternate. And then for a bit before that, it was like you had like your mainline Call of Duty that, like, you know, what's-her-face um, uh, Respawn would make, and then... Uh, or sorry, Infinity Ward, before they became Respawn, and then like the Treyarch won the next year, and they would kind of like you know ping pong. So it was like the main line, and then Black Ops, and the main line, and zombies or whatever. They had so three teams do that, didn't they? Raven, that, like one of them too, I think. Yeah. Well, and yeah, this so Microsoft owns Obsidian now too. So mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, are they are they still working on the Outer Worlds? I thought they said they're going to do like a sequel to that. Um, I yeah, don't know I, th- I think that's. I think... And they got a Baldur's Gate and one other one avowed. I think they're they're working on a few things mm. at the same time. Outer Worlds was pretty small compared to like what those kind of games usually are. So mm. I feel like you could do that size fairly often if you wanted to. Outer Worlds was yeah. good. Um, it didn't have quite the same power for me that the other franchises do, but really, mm. really. Daggone it, man. I want a new Elder Scrolls game. It's been yeah. <laughs> a stinking decade, man. Yep. Make it happen. <laughs> so, yeah, this is one that I kind of struggled with a little bit because I, you know, 
I, I everyone kind of has their like when I think of the big ones, you know, like the Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft, they all kind of have their 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 niche that they're that they're good at. But the one that I kind of keep coming back to, um, and this is kind of a cheat, but whatever, it's my episode. Um, I do love Sony and Nintendo. I wish they would do a better job of letting me keep the things that I have purchased on their platform previously. <laughs> and have you guys seen because, this? Because uh, I'll uh, sorry. Because I'll let you. Be, be, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to finish off by saying because being a Microsoft guy that comes from the the um, what's the word I'm looking for um, uh, environment where or the platform where I buy a thing and then three consoles later it's like oh you want to download that thing because you oh yeah that'd be great so when i i might have mentioned this on the show before but when i got my ps4 i was going into the store and i'm like how do i download the stuff that i got when i had a ps3 and they're like oh you can't do that what do you mean i can't do that and then when i had my wii which is a video game system that nintendo put out a number of years ago and it was stolen. Uh, like I was on vacation, my my roommates had a party. My Wii and a bunch of games were stolen. I bought a new Wii, and then I assumed I could just log in with my Nintendo login, and I could just download the stuff that. I, and they're like, "Oh no! Like that stuff's not attached to the account. That stuff's attached to that hardware." And I was like, "Absolutely not! Make this happen." And they were like, "Okay, like we'll do it, but just this <laughs> once." And like. On the back end, they like had me give them the MAC address of the Wii, and they like reassigned the games to that Wii. It was like, guys, how how are we not all figuring this out? So I, I know it's a very you know digital you know digital boy buys things complaint, but like it works flawlessly on Steam and Epic and good old games and Xbox and every other place where I buy games except for on Sony and Nintendo platforms. I I just. Now that Sony's doing this really weirdo, like here's PS Plus and PS Plus Plus and PS Plus 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 Plus. Now they're like, oh, and this plan, you can have PS One games, and I'm like, okay, but what about the PS One games I already bought, right? On my PS Three, right? Like the ones I own, can I? No, no. Oh. And I don't know if you guys followed, like, the debacle of... They're using, like, PAL versions of the games. Yeah, and and it was like... like I only read a few headlines, but it was like... They're using PAL versions, the same as, like, some of the emulated mini consoles uh, stories a while ago. And I've read a few headlines that were like, the performance is surprisingly bad. Yeah, and you had... They had this perfectly fine on the PS3... Yeah. Right. Which is why you're not getting rid of that system ever. No, you've said right no, for, until it for dies, their tiering too. Like, like for someone like me who doesn't care about online but likes retro games, they made the classic stuff like the highest tier. It's like I'm mm. I'm in for twenty bucks. I'm not in for a hundred and twenty bucks. Like that's insane. Yeah. And then I saw another story. Not not to become a, a poop on Sony show, but like another story I read said. And this was a mistake that I think they've corrected, but people who had gotten their PlayStation Plus membership at a discount, oh, like yeah. maybe you got it for oh. like, you know, half off or whatever, when you like tried to upgrade, they're like, you need to pay that discount back to like get up to this tier. And apparently they told a bunch of people that, but then like once it kind of started circulating, they were like, oh no, like 
I don't know if it was because they were getting bad press they reversed on it or if it actually was a thing, but like you have to wonder. I don't know why. Why is this the way it is in consoles, right? Whoever the leader is for one generation, the next generation they step in it horribly. Crazy. <laughs> Every right? time. Yeah. And that's like that's it. Like Sony just keeps stepping in it over and yeah. over. It's frustrating. All right. Well, well, well. Let's let's get back to the positive vibes. And this is one that I think uh, is right up Chris's alley. If we know anything about him, blank is a third-party controller that I love. <laughs> Boy, I've got a lot of third-party controllers. I know. You want to pass it to Kelly? Yeah, let, let it? it come back to me. Come back to me. Um, I typically don't love them, so I'll say like a Hori Fight Stick is a great third-party controller that i love because that's That's probably my only exception i really don't like third-party controllers i i'm i'm a controller i shouldn't say controller snob i'm a first party snob where forever where it's like you know you like it's okay if it's not the regular controller but it's still got to be you know like i like we use the nes um max a little boomerang guy um loved it track and field just hold those buttons down you're good um uh the nes advantage i remember playing double dragon on that at my cousin's house it was great i remember kind of getting into third-party controllers a little bit in the 16-bit days with um you know like some of the that what was that super nintendo fighting stick that was like split the cat in the middle yeah it's like the cat yeah. stick fighting stick just a just a cool look to it and uh but uh the, the one i'm going with is one i've mentioned on the show before it came in one of those like costco blister packs you remember like it was like a big plastic thing had the console, usually like an extra game and like some accessories or something. Um, I don't know if you say this uh, uh, AC or ASCII, but that it was like a Super Nintendo shape Genesis pad. It had the like turbo sliders on it? Yep. Had the turbo slider so you could do like single, like, you know, like, and then like the rapid for like each button. So it had the four face buttons and the shoulder buttons, but Genesis style. But there was something really cool about it that like it wasn't like fat, because you, know, you know, like when you hold like a, a Genesis, especially like a three button um, or a Saturn controller, they just kind of like a fat, like front to back feel to them. This pad, like, it was like the pieces in your hands were, were like thin. And then the middle part was almost like up a little bit, so it was like really kind of ahead of its time shape-wise. And I was not a big third-party controller, so like uh, I, I kind of like you know I plug it in just to see, and I was like, wait a minute, this thing is great. And like to this day, it's like my favorite uh, third-party controller memory is that uh, that old Genesis pad. And I, I every time I go to a show, I don't really rummage through too many um accessory you know areas but like if i see genesis stuff i'm like maybe 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 and it hasn't happened yet so yeah i love that little guy so i've got an answer now um okay and that would be the hudson joy card um that Mm. is the best nes controller ever made that it's that standard like nes pad shape but mm-hmm. the corners are rounded, so it's really nice and comfortable in your hands. The buttons and the D-pad feel exactly like a stock NES controller, so they feel really good. And it's got adjustable turbo right there for both mm-hmm. buttons, like right at the top, where like this little slider that's there. It's fantastic. It plays wonderfully. It feels great. It's a little thicker 
than like a standard NES pad, so it's just got like a really good fit to your hand. It's what I always play Nintendo with, so highly recommend it. Awesome, yeah. Yeah, I was not familiar. I just looked up a picture, and that's uh, uh, Hudson. Yeah, really great. And the ones they had in the U.S., they call them the Sansui SSS. I have no idea why they put that Mm. branding on them, but... It also had a, uh, a thing where you could plug into the audio out, and it had a headphone jack on the controller, mm-hmm. so you could plug in your earphones and play your games um, at, right there while you were playing. So, yeah, it looks now. Is that the same shape? Because I, I very briefly owned a Famicom, yeah. and it kind of had those rounded edges with the uh, so it could kind of like slide into the Fami. Is that the same shape we're talking pretty about? Pretty much the exact same idea. It's just a little mm. thicker, and again, it, like it just has mm. these little turbo sliders at the top, mm. and like I said, it just feels fantastic. It plays wonderfully, and it's super easy. It's not like the NES Max where you have that like extra button for turbo. You have to like mm. hold down like it's a separate button. You right. just like, yeah. oh, I want you know rapid shot on B, but I'm gonna leave A the way it is, and yeah, right. it's. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's a great controller. Very cool. Very cool. Nice answer. I was not familiar, so that's another thing on my radar. Yeah, I've got like four of those things. That's what I always use for everything. (laughs) So this one, I mean, we we play more games than a lot of people have, so this you might have a bunch of answers for this, but uh, so blank. uh, And if I remember, we're back to well, we were on Chris. We skipped. We went to Kelsey. Yep. So. Uh, Blank is a game that I remember vividly from when I was a kid. But when I mention it, lots of people I talk to either aren't familiar or haven't played it, never heard of it. uh, Frostbite for the Atari 2600 is the first game I have a memory of. And every time I mention it to someone, they're like, I don't know that one. And I don't know if it was just because it was a Canadian thing because it's ice themed oh. or not but uh, <laughs> I, I, none of my friends game? had it either but it's like a like a cubert frogger kind of thing where you you jump around in like diagonal patterns on ice blocks and while you're jumping around you're trying not to fall into the water and there's obstacles you have to avoid uh, but you can't go back on the land until your igloo is totally built and every jump you take builds a piece of your igloo and then once you're done jumping you jump up to the top go into your igloo score yeah. your points uh yeah that's that one I, i've never met another person who played that one and i grew up with it yeah it sounds like it's just like living in canada <laughs> it's exactly it's, what they do every day it's just a documentary <laughs> as a video game. how's your igloo yeah i just looked at it i just pulled up a, a screenshot of it yeah it does kind of have that that froggery uh kind of type like a cross the path look to it yeah, you can add me to the list of people who had so never heard I, of this I game. I used to call it Iceberg, too. I think that's what we called it as kids for the longest time. And Rich oh, actually okay. corrected me. He, he He's the first person who knew what I was talking about. He's like, oh, no, 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 that's Frostbite. And, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I learned a new thing. All right, Chris. What's your vivid childhood gaming memory that no one can corroborate? Frogbog uh, frog for the Intellivision. <laughs> I love Frogbog. This game was so much fun for me and my cousins when we were kids. It's the simplest game. It's just there's two giant lily pads and you're two frogs in a bog, right? Mm-hmm. And the all you do is like there's flies and things that fly around and you have to jump up and with your tongue and eat the 
fly, right? And then you land on the little lily pad, and if you so you're just competing, jumping and trying to get the flies, right? You jump really high or long or whatever, and the whole game is just like a day. It starts out in like the morning, and then you see like the day progresses, and then it goes to night, and the moon comes out, and then the game's over, right? Because that's the end of the day, and you whoever gets the most flies in that day, you win, and. We played that. We love that game, and the the sounds were really cool that were on it. And man, yeah, we played a lot of Frog Bog. Love Frog Bog. <laughs> I think it also came out one. as Frogs and Flies on the Atari, but I never played it on the Atari. So, but play it on the Intellivision. Enjoy it. It's a great game. Very cool. So for this one, I'm going with one that I only ever played at school in one particular office because this one like i don't know what their position was if they were a i don't think they were a guidance counselor because i was too young for for uh to, to for a school a guidance counselor or maybe i wasn't um but they had a uh an old macintosh or i guess you know at the time current macintosh like a plus or an se or something like that the old black and white ones with like you know like the, the one piece screen and i played this game on there called cannon fodder and Cannon Fodder, I think, is a game that people are familiar with and know about. But this specifically was like, since it was just black and white, it was super simple. It kind of reminded me of some of the uh, uh, the arcade uh, games um, like back then that were just like, you know, Vector or like uh, like Monochrome or, or and stuff like that. So I just have vivid memories of going to this person's office in like the second or third grade. It was like 92, 93, something like that. And... Uh, uh, and asking like, can, can I play cannon fodder? And they were like, well, like you know, you gotta like, if, if maybe before the bus comes, and like I would load it up, and it was just trajectory, you know, of the cannon, and like how much power you put into it. And I remember it was so cool when the cannonball would hit, it would like leave like a crater. And, like, you could, like, judge your next shot based on that crater. Like, okay, I got to go, like, a little bit further this time. And then some, you could turn on wind and you could turn on other so stuff. I but... definitely never played this game, but we played one that sounds identical to it called Scorched Earth in the 90s okay. on, like, a color monitor on the computers at school. And it was, like, everything you're talking about. Like, you leave the divots in the ground and you figure out your trajectory. Mm. You could add wind. Yep. I th so And I think there's been many versions of this same um uh kind of like archetype uh like uh like it's almost like arkanoid where like i remember when blackberries were big and like every girl that i knew was like oh like i'm playing brick breaker I'm like what's brick breaker i'm like you're playing arkanoid <laughs> you mean brick breaker right well, that, so i think it's one breakout too yeah right or like uh, uh simpsons did it yeah. right like it's 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 every everything's a copy of something else like uh Uncharted's just Indiana Jones with like uh you know, or Tomb Raider. But uh, but yeah, so Cannon Fodder, I vividly remember just this black and white version. And then years later, I got Cannon Fodder flashbacks when I read a really really good review for this game that I'd kind of heard of the series but never played before. First game I played in the series on the Dreamcast was Worms Armageddon. Oh yeah. And there are, and there are elements of that in there where you're like, okay, like let me go, but you, you change a grenade, ropes, you know, like all this different cool stuff. Give your guys mustaches, British accents, you know, like have a whole team of so them. So Angry Birds, um, you're yeah. a big Angry Birds fan though. 
my mom you have no idea like my mom is is very anti video like she's very anti video games um she always says like if she could go back she like they like wouldn't get us games as early as she did because she feel like we like spent too much time on games but at the same time she like buys my kids switch games because she like likes making them happy a weird thing to tell your child it's like saying i don't like how you are now i'm so sorry for (laughs) that you turned out so badly yeah i've I've had some time to get over it but yeah it was definitely a weird thing to to deal with for a while but uh but yeah my mom like she has her ipad and like she'll like we'll go on vacation like we'll we'll rent like a beach house for like a a, like a week and i'll kind of i'll see this like bright light like up in like where i know she's like and i'm like are you up and she's like yeah what are you doing? She's like playing Angry Birds. <laughs> so she is an Angry Birds addict, and she complains because she's like, she's like, you know, they make it so that you can't beat the level without buying the extra birds, and I'm not gonna buy the extra birds. And I'm like, you you figured it out. Like that's definitely what they want. And she's like, and then I lose I lose all my lives, and I can either pay or I can just wait an hour. And I was like, that's. That's the business model. You have figured it out. You've cracked the code. That's why I don't play uh, Plants vs. Zombies 1. I absolutely adore. Plants vs. Zombies 2 is a pay-to-win garbage fest, and I will not touch it again. Um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, Plants vs. Zombies is my mom's vice, and like mm-hmm. she'll try to hide it. And then my, my dad's like, yeah, she's playing Plants vs. Zombies over there, and she has to close it up. So. Does she do Plants vs. Zombies as well, or did you just confuse that with Angry Birds? Oh yeah, maybe I no yeah, because my kids uh, like Plants vs Zombies, and then yeah, that was my thing for two. But yeah, it's her. It's just Angry Birds with her. And Did you I think introduce her to others... Angry Birds Star Wars? No, I know. I was gonna say there. I know there's knockoffs. Like one time she was like, and because I, I think at one point the app just like updated with like a theme for like a, a like that movie Rio came out. And she's like, why did the icon for my Angry Birds change to Rio? And I was like, oh, that was an app update because this is like an event going on, you know, like while the movie's, you know, a thing. So everything's confusing when things change. So, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, can- cannon fodder for me. So I got to look up Scorched Earth. I got to look up cannon uh, fodder now. That sounds see cool. Some, see some you guys, do you ever Have you ever tried to go back and like emulate it or play it again? Or I, I you know what? I honestly hadn't thought about it in a okay. while and then when i was making this list up like i was like what i was like i because i thought about school and i was thinking about oregon trail and stuff mm-hmm. and that got me thinking ooh, for cannon fodder we, yeah, we had I, one at school too when like the exact same time as we were playing oregon trail we had one and I, if my memory's not failing me you were a canadian trucker and you were just transporting goods across the country to different major cities and you had to like mm-hmm. plan your gas and your how much time mm-hmm. and how much you could carry and when you were going to do your next load I can't remember mm-hmm. what that game was called, but I remember playing it in between Oregon Trail and Number Munchers and all those <laughs> games. I, uh, oh, and the, the typing games—the uh, the, like the the teaching you had to the typing tutors yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, I uh, I passed a class one time without doing any work because I installed uh, uh, Monday Night Football on the PC for the teacher, <laughs> nice. so they could play. <laughs> I got a, a grade boost uh, for my grade 11 English for burning an Iron Maiden CD for my teacher. <laughs> All right. So this next one, I do apologize. We're going to bring the mood down just slightly, but it's something that uh, I, I think was, I thought was an interesting question. They used it uh, in the one that I saw. 
So uh, I think we're back to Chris this time, because uh, if I remember correctly. So blank is a death that will rock the gaming world. So a a, a figure in gaming that do I have to once okay. they pass the 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 yeah. pat answer is Shigeru Miyamoto. Yeah, I I, I expected that name to. Come I mean, out I can give you a different name, but I mean. That's the biggest, right? I mean, I don't mm. think anything could even come remotely close to that. No, I think that's the all-timer. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anybody that would even m- maybe come close. I Unless somebody were to die tragically young, right? I think yeah. of like, okay, like Miyazaki, who makes like the Dark Souls game. Everybody loves those, and if he just died tragically, he'd be like, oh my god, we missed mm. out on, yeah. you know... Right, but I mean, like, yeah, like, like, like a Stevie Ray Vaughan type thing, you know, just like freak accident type. Deal. Yeah, but I, I mean, I guess I would go with Miyamoto because I think that's one where like everyone will mourn that. Yeah. yeah, the world, the gaming world will stop. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know if there's because uh, as as I was thinking about this, like he's the first name that comes to mind. And then I was, I was just exactly how you described it. I was like, who, who would even come so, close? Like I, yeah, go ahead. I got one. Go ahead, it's Cal. not, not me, yeah. big, but I, I think it would make a big ripple. But, and because I've been playing so much Dragon Warrior, uh, if Yuji Hori, uh, oh, when, when yeah. he dies, that's oh, going to be yeah. a big deal. He basically invented how Japanese role-playing games work and still is making the same series that he made in the mid eighties. Um, that'd be pretty pretty big one. I think would affect a lot of people and definitely the series going forward. I would imagine Japan would have like a national day of mourning. Yeah, I think mean, like it would be nuts over there. Yeah, yeah. Which brings another one to mind. But Bill, I'll let you do your thing. So that's so the one that I had in mind um, because I was thinking about uh, similar to the way Kelsey was with just the legacy. And just how much uh, uh, impact he's had, and what a big fan I am of uh, uh, you know game soundtracks and how many of these game soundtracks I love. Uh, I hope I'm not butchering the pronunciation, but Nobuo Uematsu, yeah, is the, the the one that I was thinking of, and uh, it's it's you know it's it's he's not always at the front of my mind because there's not been a you know new Final Fantasy or a new uh, game that I've played of his in a while, but uh, when I think of the impact that he's had in the music of the the series that he's been a part of and how, you know, and just how many lives you touch with music, just people who outside of gaming who, uh, you know, are are moved and uh, appreciate that that musical influence. Uh, So he was a, a high one on my list. Totally. I could also, since Kelsey brought it up, I would think once Sakaguchi passes, that will be another one yeah. that will really gut punch. I mean, I know obviously he's been more involved with mobile games for the last few years, but I mean, his mobile games, you know, like Fantasian, I guess he is really well regarded. Um, and he's done very well around that. And obviously, with kind of birthing the Final Fantasy series. Um, you know, I think that's something that would be a huge, yeah. a huge crater in kind of the landscape. Yeah. 
Yeah, the la- the last time we were one of the last times we were talking, uh, Lost Odyssey came up, and I kind of was was thinking about that, and I'm like, man, like what's Sakaguchi up to? And I forget that the mobile game is such a big part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so a lot of people say they, uh, I mean, Fantasian seems to get pretty good reviews and everything. I mean, I'm not really uh, into the mobile space, but sometimes like, yeah, maybe I'll check it out. But yeah. I forget the game that Kelsey. I mentioned to Kelsey that I had tr- I was trying because it was Final Fantasy based, and he said, "Oh, a friend of mine has been playing that uh, like religiously for like Record twenty Keeper. years." Yeah. Yeah, he has not missed a day, and he's, <laughs> uh, it's insane how much time and effort he's put into that game. It. I mean, it it hits all of the nostalgia buttons across many different uh, titles. Yeah, sometimes I'll go over there and he's like, just listen to this cool remix I unlocked. And he'll just play me a song from Final Fantasy 9 or 6 or something. And it's just, it's beautiful. And it's on this mobile game that I will never play because I'm not grinding 200 hours out to get this one song (laughs) remix. But man, it's good. Yeah, I don't know. It's good stuff. All right, so this one's... uh, open for interpretation so we'll leave it at that um so blank is a food or drink that i associate with playing video games uh instant noodles with final fantasy 15 even though i haven't played it 15 (laughs) the instant ramen yep well that was a recipes were a big part of that game and yeah the instant noodles ended up being a meme uh for a bit but yeah, I, I, I was I was wondering because because Kelsey we talked before how food and drink are not allowed in the gaming space, yeah. so I was so, curious. Okay, uh, I'll, if I backtrack to when I was a teenager, <laughs> pepperoni pizza and Smash Brothers Melee went together uh, quite often, and we I love that and answer. because we didn't drink alcohol, we had a twelve pack of apple juice it was our our drink of choice. Those come in twelves? Yeah, you can get them in cans. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Chris, you have a certain food you associate with gaming? I mean, I guess not anymore, but when I was younger, I guess it would be, it didn't make any sense, but Whoppers, because... <laughs> like the candy? No, the mall no, candy? like the Burger King Whoppers, right? Oh. Like, uh, being a buddy of mine, like Burger King, back in the day, I mean, obviously you can't, mm-hmm. I don't know if you can believe it now, they used to run deals with like 99 cent Whoppers. And so we were broke and young and man, they'd have 99 cent whoppers, man. We'd go like load up and we'd play, we'd play games, right? (laughs) I mean, that's what we do. So I just remember running to Burger King and be like, "Ah, 99 cent whopper. You know, you'd call them, I'd call them up and be like, hey dude, they got 99 cent whoppers. Let's go. And we'd go down and. We'd buy a bunch of them. We'd throw them in the fridge. We'd warm them up later. And, <laughs> I don't know. Was... You were treating them like uh, like White Castle Kinda, burgers. Because I mean, we had a, a case of them. I mean, we were both like I don't know. I mean, like twenty or you're like you know, and mm-hmm. we didn't have any money or so, and yep. you could get you know you just order some plain and you stick them in the fridge. You just nuke it yep. and throw some ketchup on it. <laughs> You'd yep. be good to go for a while. So that's awesome. Yeah. I don't know if you have ever seen that uh, that meme. It's a it become a TikTok thing where it's like this this dude drives up to the Burger King, uh, uh, you know, the drive through order, and I think he's wearing like the crown, <laughs> like the the Burger King crown, and he order and he says, "I'll have five Whoppers and five more Whoppers." <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, but yeah, that's I like that answer a lot. I was I was trying to think back of uh, I have a few that came right to mind, like kind of like silly ones, like you know some of the food um, uh, uh, promotions they've done over the years with you know like Code Red, Halo, Mountain Dew, and Didn't you, you know Rockstar, like Destiny of, like, Caps, Pop Tarts, or something. <laughs> so so Pop Tarts <laughs> had a Destiny promo. Rockstar Energy Drinks had a, a promo, and it was ju- it was like a code that you could get like an engram, which in the game is like just like a you know a zero worth you know like piece of equipment, but it was just and I, if it was like an emblem or like something you could show off or something, but yeah, and like and the first time that happened, I I, I went for it, I was like whatever, and then like they did like another promo, and I was like yeah, fool me once, like <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not getting into that stuff anymore. Um, but yeah, so one cards. of the <laughs> yep. <laughs> Bought Pop Tarts for the first time in ages for some <laughs> Destiny promotion that was going on, um, but yeah, I, I tried to think back to like um, uh, when we would do uh, Counter Strike land parties at my uh, manager's house when we were um, working at Babbage's. We'd all bring the computers over there, and I was of a legal drinking age, barely. But I also wasn't, you know, like I wasn't into beer. It still didn't taste good to me. I was still a young kid who liked sugary sweetness. So I remember. Uh, drinking Smirnoff ices non-ironically while playing uh, Counter-Strike uh, during LAN parties. Some Zima? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I never never got that far. But yeah, Smirnoff ice was a was a, a, something I associated with playing Counter-Strike for a while. And you mentioned pepperoni pizza before. Um, the only reason, like, we tried, we, ha- we used to have this weekly gaming night, and we called it Mega Movie Fun Night, where we'd get, like, a few movies from the movie uh, rental place that I worked at. We'd each of us get, like, a meat lover's pizza uh, at Pizza Hut, and each of us would have, like, a two-liter bottle. Of, we'd, like, write our names on it. It's like, all right, like, Bill, Chris, Eric. So, like, we all had our stuff. And after the movies were done, we would just play games until we passed out at, like, 4 in the morning. So that was another thing, uh, the the pizza and the, you know, the, the junk food, you know, that you'd associate with those, uh, I, those gaming I had nights. a friend growing up who had a lot of medical issues, uh, specifically some kidney issues. And he used to miss a lot of school and his parents um, would buy him a ton of gaming stuff. So like he had a Dreamcast today, came out and PS2 and, and things. So he'd invite me over when new systems would come out and we play. And he always had those big gulp cups and he would make both of us a two liter like Kool-Aid. And mm. we'd you know, guzzle this Kool-Aid while we were playing like Resident Evil 2 or something like that. And then <laughs> it would drive him nuts because we both drank the same thing and he's got kidney problems so he doesn't have to pee. I have to go pee every 30 minutes after drinking two liters of Kool-Aid <laughs> and I have to keep pausing the game for him and he would just get so pissed off at me. <laughs> not literally yeah, of course so but. Resident Evil 2 is another <laughs> match that goes in my mind I like that that's a good one yeah good stuff and then the, the last one I'll mention um, for a while I wanted to eat while playing games but I didn't want to have greasy food so I remember when I got Final Fantasy 8 I was like all I was like I'm just going to shut the door and I'm just going to be in here for a while I got like pretzel rods because they're dry and like non-greasy, so pretzels was a was a big uh, uh, snack while playing games for a little bit for me. So, um, all right, I think we're we're down to the last two, if my uh, my math is right here. So, uh, this this one um, I think is interesting, and if you got it, you know, take a minute to think about it. So, this one is blank is a game that should be played in public school to teach blank. 
I, I can go if, if you need a minute, Chris. Yeah, go, go, go for it. I think uh, What Remains of Edith Finch should be played in public school to teach mm. empathy. Uh, there's a, a part in that game where you are playing a young man with a mental illness at his job, and he works at a fish cannery, and you are start off cutting fish heads, and it's very repetitive, and there's some story stuff narrative going on while you're cutting fish heads, <laughs> And very subtly, while you're doing it, the world around you is morphing, and you're 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 this kid imagining something more fun. And he all like you go from this fish cannery to this fantastical world where he's on an adventure. He's like a knight, you know, got to save the princess or prince, and and you get to make that choice, which is also really cool. And like it, it's it's a cry for help and a suicide attempt, and it's really moving and it happens so subtly and so interestingly like i've never seen i've seen a lot of stories dealing with mental health a lot of movies a lot of tv shows i've never been able to play that experience before and it hit me like way differently than any movie i've ever seen because you're active in it and uh it was really unique i've i it's one of those games where i feel like it shows that gaming can do something that other mediums can't do with the subject. Mm. Um, and it was just really touching and, and kind of s- still sits with me to this day. Mm. All right. Cause can, That's awesome. can you repeat the thing? What remains of Edith Finch? No, I'm Bill. Oh, sorry for Bill. The blanks. Yeah. Sorry. So, um, uh, blank is a game that should be required to play in public school or that they should have you play in public school to teach blank. Dark Souls is a game they should make kids play in public schools so they can teach the kids the lesson of perseverance in a goal. Right? Some things in life are hard, and if you keep with it and don't give up, you will figure it out, and you will win. And creative problem solving because you don't have to just do it one way and the futility of life (laughs) (laughs) all right there you You have died uh i'm gonna go with roller coaster tycoon (laughs) to teach business management kind of (laughs) don't create don't kids mostly just make roller coasters make everybody puke (laughs) and then then don't put enough porta potties around and watch them all line up at the one porta potty there right (laughs) my kids are playing jurassic world evolution or whatever the the park building thing is and i left them in the room and then i came back and i was like what are you doing they're like i'm running over this dinosaur with a jeep (laughs) kids are yeah well if if there's if if there's one thing that I do not think is uh, is taught well enough in school, and it's evident in like every human being I've spoken to, like after we left school, it's uh, financial management planning. Um, so uh, uh, I, I was trying to think of you Wall know Street something Kid, that deals. 
Yeah, right. So I was trying to think of something that deals with finances and having an income and needing to be aware of how that income, uh, you know, is affected. So for a minute, I thought civilization, but I was like, ah, that might be that might be a bit, you know, high level. And I thought, ooh, Civ Revolution, but uh, yeah, SimCity maybe. So roller coaster, any any one of those uh, those Sims, but especially ones dealing with an income and managing funds. Right? Right? I, I think when I ran a business, I was not prepared in any way to run a business from my schooling. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yep. So I think this brings us to the final question, which uh, I, I think is going to be an easy one. Um, you might have a few answers, but I think about, I think about this all the time. Uh, blank is a game that I wish I could go back in time and play again for the first time and have that first play experience with. Mm-hmm. I've come to think of this question differently now, like especially Mm. since like when we really played Mass Effect, like Mm. it was a very different experience because I am a very different person than when I played it originally than when we redid it. So I don't know if a lot of my favorite games would hit the same way. I'd be worried Mm. that if I wiped my memory of Persona 4 and played it again, Mm. it wouldn't be what I remember Persona 4 being. So I'd, mm. I'd pick something a lot more modern, I think. Um, I, th- I think it'd be cool to play through Shovel Knight again, not knowing anything. Now that I've done the whole NES library and mm. I can see like all the love and homage to the entire system on there in a little bit different light than when I first played through it, maybe. That'd probably be the best answer I can come up with off the top of my head here. Mm. Yeah, that's very cool. It's, it's a really good point, though, because when you, you know, you know, it's, even if you could wipe your original memory, you're still who you are now versus who you were then. Yeah, and I know things. I probably wouldn't like them anymore, even though I yeah. love them. <laughs> I love right. how how I came to them. So yeah, I, I'd be too worried to do that with most games, except for Pang. So you're not Pang going, would always be perfect. So, so we can do Pang. So you're not going for the uh, Men in Black uh, mind wipe. Not for gaming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. What's, what's, what are you thinking of? Or I can go if you need another minute. I think I'm. I think I've got. Uh, I think I wish I could re-experience Final Fantasy VI for the first time. Mm. Um, I, I'm sure part of the reason it hit as hard as it did was just that moment in time. I think it's probably the same reason like a lot of people that were of a similar age when Final Fantasy VII hit, right? It was yep, just that absolutely. point in their lives where they could invest time and it meant, right? It was kind of that, yep. and that's why it stuck in their head. But um, just enjoying that game and what it is and everywhere it goes and everything that's packed into it, and I think being able to do that again with no preconceived idea of where the story goes or how it ends up or any of the twists i think that would be really cool yeah that's that's a great answer and and you're absolutely we've talked about that before where i really 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 believe that where you are in your life at the time you experience something has every bit as much to do with your you know perception of that uh or your, you know, recollection or your love or your, you know, your life experience with it. It's 
as every bit as important like where you are in your life than like what the thing actually is or, or what it means to you um i so i was thinking about this a lot and the first thing that came into my mind when i kind of thought about this question so well let me give it some more thought and now that i've thought about it a bit more it's still the same answer I, I i can't change it so there haven't been a whole lot of other games that i finished and was just goosebumps all over trying to wrap my head around all the different pieces that were in it connecting the dots realizing that i that i kind of grasped like you know like all of the the different pieces um I, I can't overstate how much I absolutely love the game, the story, the music, the experience front to back of Bioshock Infinite. Uh, I absolutely adore this game, even on, on replays, but I remember sitting up in my you know computer room at the time in like two houses ago, wherever we were, and I finished it, and I came downstairs and I said to my wife, I was like, listen, I, I know you don't care but I, I need to tell you what just happened. <laughs> so, and then I, I like proceeded for probably like 15, 20 minutes just to ramble on about the story and how it went and what it means and who this person really is and how these realities are together. And, oh, guess what? It actually is connected to Bioshock. <laughs> it's not just that it's over here, you know, like I would, and I was just getting goosebumps as I explained it. So I try really hard to, in my head to separate um, one of the memes that I really, really like is, um, have you ever seen the one with like uh, um, uh, uh, Jordan Peele, and it's just like him profusely sweating. Yeah. Um, so the so the meme is so that's the the image, and the the text on it is, um, tell me how good a game Red Dead Redemption Two is without mentioning the story or the characters. It's like I can't. Because the game is just the story and characters. The game's actually not good. So, like, I really try in my head to separate, is the game good or is the story just really good, right? And, like, in, in this, in this I've, I've thought about it a lot. I replayed it. It's the entire thing for me. It really is, like, that entire package. And uh, we, we had, like, a whole separate, you know, like, a, a cast about this show. But... Uh, I'm, like and even just thinking about it now, like I'm starting to remember like little bits and pieces, and I'm getting curious about like I should you know go revisit this again. And oddly enough, it is the free game on uh, <laughs> uh, the Epic uh, Game Store this week, the Bioshock Collection. So Bioshock One, Two, and Three includes all the DLC, so Minerva's Den on Two, and like the additional uh, chapters in Infinite, which you get to play as Elizabeth, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, um, Infinite is an all-timer for me. It's on. It's up there with with anything I've experienced, and just to have that feeling again, to not know the twists that are coming, or to not know the story beats that are coming, or to not know that the music that's happening in the world has actually been, you know, taken from another. It's just. It's. I love everything about everything about that story in the game. So have you ever gone back and listened to that recording that we did way back when? Did you kind of relive that? or? I haven't gone back and listened to the show. So that's something that I... I, I w you know what I would probably prefer to do? I would probably prefer to play the remaster and then listen to the episode and make notes on anything that I... You know, yes, I still feel that way. Uh, this is a little bit different, or this is something I didn't even realize the first time that I put together this time. But yeah, I would probably do it that order: game, episode, and then kind of revisit uh, with notes like that. I'd just be curious because 
you talk a minute ago about how being at different parts in your life, right? Things hit you differently. Yeah. So I wonder that's where you could perfectly contrast. Oh, here's me yeah. now. Here's what I thought then. Is there, you know, is there any yeah. distance there? I, yeah, I have a, I have, I have the, I, we have receipts. Yeah, <laughs> we can, yeah. we can, we can fit. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. It's it's great that we have that too. So, so yeah, I'd I'd be excited to do I that. I could see that. Yeah. I mean. That game had some fantastic, and even the first one had some fantastic yeah. twists and turns. I mean, yeah. it would be fun again to go back and not know the, you know, would you kindly and again, right? right? Yeah, like all that's that's what you mean by the story beats. So like one definitely had that, and in the main campaign of two, I was waiting for it because oh well, the first one had a big thing, and then the two didn't really have that. But Minerva's Den is a separate standalone story, and I wouldn't say it has that like uh, twist, but it's such a different perspective, and the way the story plays out, I think, is every bit as good as uh, as the story beats and some of the other. And the other thing about Infinite too is there are multiple layers at every different level of this game. It's not just you know kind of like A to B. But Kelsey made a terrific point about playing through Mass Effect because my perception of the entire Mass Effect series before playing Legendary was completely different than replaying all three of those games, good and bad. Mm -hmm. Like, there was stuff that I was, like, absolutely 100% on point, and then there was stuff that was like, man, I had different recollections of many of these aspects. So, yeah, it would definitely be interesting. The loss of Jenkins still stings. <laughs> his eyes his eyes were open he was faking the whole time first name on the wall all right <laughs> yeah right so uh uh yeah legion was on mine even though like legion number two was like alive at the end there but that's a separate issue so yeah so that wraps it up so uh uh i hopefully that was a little fun a little it change was. of pace no, so fun. uh I, I kind of like, I mean, we all, we love answering questions. We love when, uh, when our patrons throw some questions in there for us to answer on the show. But, uh, when I, when I kind of heard that fill in the blank thing, kind of like across the board there, I was like, Ooh, maybe that could work. So hope you guys had uh, fun doing that. Hope everyone had fun listening to it. And, uh, is it, is it, is it not too late for a little bit of Obi-Wan talk or what do you guys think? I got time if you do. All right, thanks everyone for listening to episode 97 of the RF Generation Collector Cast. We are going to uh, discuss the first two episodes of the Disney Plus limited series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, but uh, we wanted to give everyone a chance to... Uh, yeah, exactly. He's just Ben. Um, we want to give everyone a chance to, uh, you know, if they haven't watched that yet, you can just pause right here. And then after you watch those, come back and listen. I uh, want to thank our patrons, as always. Uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash collectorcast. Would love to have you in there. Uh, tiers starting at a buck. And uh, we're working our way through All-Star Batman and Robin. Hoping to do some more uh, Frank Miller once we wrap that up. we got a few issues left. Uh, so, yeah. On to the Obi-Wan. So, uh, I... You guys know this about me. I try to go into most things as blank as possible. All I knew about this was that Ewan McGregor was returning and that uh, Hayden Christensen was returning. So those are the two pieces of information that I knew. Uh, I also kind of gleaned from some other things that, you know, like this happens right after episode three. 
Um, so uh, it's going to be like peak Vader because he's you know recovered from getting into the Vader suit and he's going to be similar to Rogue One Vader, right? Like that kind of like fast, agile, you know, like lightsaber wielding, you know, like not the battle of the old men like we see in A New Hope. So that was kind of all I knew going in. Which is like a month so, after Rogue One. Hey, he got hurt down that tunnel yeah. in Rogue One <laughs> at the end of it. Yeah, must have been. Must have pulled a hammy or something. Yeah. Else. Because that was, yeah, with his uh, uh, force pulling here, force pushing there. And then later. Like, yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, uh, I, I was I was hoping that they would uh, CG in, uh, you know, please, a, uh, like the Yoda style Please don't ever fights. change things again. Please yeah, don't right. ever change things again. So, so that's what I knew about the show going in. Um, and uh, so I was actually a little bit surprised pretty early on in the show where we we get a really 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 good recap from episodes one two and three i have the high ground a really they had to remind a really us. good recap <laughs> yeah i mean they they had to put that in there uh and um so i was a little surprised to see 10 years later i did not think the gap would be that far um so um do you guys want to talk about kind of like what you knew about the show going in if it was any more than what i knew i knew zero a lot of okay. them what you said, like Ian McGregor's back as Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi. That's it. Yeah, I didn't even watch the trailer because I honestly wasn't really planning to watch it right away. Um, mm. I saw a still image that had uh, Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan, and the woman who's playing the ninth sister. So I knew those three existed mm. in the show in some capacity, mm. and that was pretty much it. Gotcha. So I I had not seen any screenshots. I didn't know that there was going to be Inquisitors, Sisters, Brothers. Yeah, I didn't know um, what she was. Like stuff. they were all in there, like mm. clothes for the premiere or something. So I didn't know what what her role was. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So the only reason I knew what Inquisitors and Sisters were was from Fallen Order. Um, I have not watched more than a few episodes of Clone Wars. I've seen no Rebels. I've seen no Bad Batch. I've seen no other uh, show that might have had these characters in it. So I just knew about Trilla, the second sister from uh, Jedi Fallen Order. And that was kind of it. So um, uh, so I guess we'll set the stage a little bit. So the first episode of Obi-Wan uh, Kenobi, the... You know, obviously the Jedi are in hiding. They're being hunted down. Execute Order sixty six. Yeah, Execute yeah, which order is playing. That's, that's so we watch every we watch. Day. Yeah, we we watch everything with subtitles on because we have the volume very low because we have kids sleeping nearby and like the subtitle was saying that too. Order sixty six. Order sixty six. I'm like, man, that's like so. The show comes in. You know that sixty six has already been happening, but then the show starts. And there's like attacks on the the Jedi, you know, Padawan children that are like in their training helmets. So it was a a a, uh, a rough uh, way to open. And then you have some uh, some deaths early on, um, and uh, and yeah. So we're we're still very much in in very dangerous times, just like at the end of Episode Three, which I hadn't seen in a number of years. So. With the opening being the way it was, was was that more than what you guys were expecting for a Disney Plus series? Because that's me and Sarah looked at each other and I was like, yeah, I wasn't expecting this for uh, for Disney Plus Star Wars. I just watched It's Always Sunny on Disney Plus, so I've my <laughs> what what I expect of them is very different now this year than it was last year. And they have Deadpool on there and stuff. Like they they just do whatever they want. 
Yeah. I kind of thought it was like, when I first saw like the younglings or whatever in there, I thought, Mm -hmm. oh, are we going to watch, you know, Anakin slaughter them? (laughs) I mean, because that's what I thought. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. I remember back to that. Obviously, we didn't see that part, but. Right. um, That that was in the, um, uh, when he he tells Padme about it, right? So we don't see it, but yeah, he he tells us all about it. Yes, I'm a child murderer, dear. Right after, right after Shmi uh, passes away in his arms, that's kind of what turns him. Yeah, um, but obviously it was not that batch of younglings, per se. Right. I mean, I guess you don't know, right? I mean, it could be some other ones, but mm-hmm. that's why I did wasn't real clear though. Are I'm are those younglings that were like? Is that scene there? Like right after episode three, and then it's ten years later, or is it that's happening yes. ten years after? I think that's right after three, and then we have the yeah. jump. Okay, uh, all right. Because right. with the Inquisitors, like if, if you played um, Fallen Order, this was part of that game. Um, the the sisters and the Inquisitors are former Jedi, so. I'm assuming that some of those Padawan were taken and, and tortured and perverted into the dark side. And like maybe that uh, really angry ninth sister was one of those Padawan or something later on. I think that's probably why they showed us yeah. that scene at the start. Cause one of those kids is going to be hunting Obi-Wan 10 years later kind of thing. But she wasn't, I mean, those kids wouldn't have been old enough 10 years later to be, I mean, that lady to be like, 20 years old. Yeah, she, I'm not saying like specifically she's in her. her, but like oh. that's that's how all the nine sisters and the inquisitors right. are are. Uh, that's how the, where they come from. They were yeah. former Jedi like Padawans. I wish they would have said that because I didn't know that. So I was thinking like, man, they really trained a lot of Sith really fast. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So when that later yeah. on. So I looked a little bit into this because when we started watching the show and it's and it's got the inquisitors in it, so. There are ten. Uh, so there, there's there's ten total. There's the Grand Inquisitor, and then the rest of them are numbered two to nine for like a total of, of, of ten. And it's just whether they're male or female, whether they're a sister or a brother. So second sister, third sister, fifth brother, you know, like like and so on. So I looked uh, and I, I looked this up, and while there are like ten to twelve kind of uh, cannot like recognize in the canon people who are like uh, inquisitors or have held the inquisitor role. There's Star Wars wikis that have dozens of characters that are listed of having the role of inquisitor at some point. But the the history is a little murky because there's stuff that counts as canon and then there's stuff that doesn't. Like when Disney like picked it up. Um, but basically every inquisitor that I looked up the history of. It was all former Jedi, former Jedi, former Jedi. And some of them were even not really digging what the Jedi were about before 66 happened. And Sidious kind of like latched onto that and had them kind of like working behind the like, you know, kind of like unbeknownst to the Jedi, like under their noses, like you're going to be my guy. Like once we execute Order 66. So a few of the Jedi are like betrayers who like knew about it, like before the, uh, the order happened. Okay. And what's really cool is one of the uh, the Inquisitor brothers. Uh, his name is uh, he hasn't shown up in the show yet. I'm really hoping he will, but his name is Bill, with one L. There you go. You have a space name. 
That's cool. I have a Star Wars character named with with my name. There you go. So, yep, it, I believe it's the sixth brother. So you can uh, look that up. Start telling your Calcastus son that you were named after that bill. <laughs> yeah, the two of us. Yeah, so hopefully, uh, uh, Bill. Yeah, sixth brother known as Bill Valen. So that's me, Bill Valen. If you want to buy a, a BMW? I sell BMWs down at uh, Bill Valen's BMW. So, um, so yeah. So we have the Inquisitors who are they look great um, too. Who are I yeah, I, and, and, and again, and having no history of like watching. I know the Grand Inquisitor has appeared on the show. Um, and I've seen like the sisters like in their black, you know, like very, um, you know, imperial Sith like uh, get up. Um, they all look great. Um, the, the the brother looks a little bit odd with like that hat. I love it. But then when I but then when I saw how he looks in the show, I was like, oh, OK, well, like that's a good way that they kind of like brought it to life uh, uh, in the live action. Why are they um, like gray and she's just like normal human? So they're j- just different species. Oh, OK. So, OK. Yeah, so they're not they're not all human. Okay. So yeah, they're they're um yeah. they're different uh different I didn't species know if it was there. like a dark side thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. I I've seen all of Clone Wars and Rebels and so like yeah. I am not it's been a while since I've seen them. I'm not hugely invested in that series. Uh but from mm-hmm. what I remember, yeah, these are really good representations of them. Yeah. Cuz with um uh what's his face? Um Cad Bane, I remember there were like some some differing opinions on like oh it doesn't look like he did on the show thought, and people were like you know this this is yeah. people are, this is live action you know well because like with how long how elongated his face is on the, the show the and like it's in Clone Wars and Rebels is it's just bad so if you can yeah. make them look like anything on the live action like you've done a good job yeah and I thought Cad Bane looked I thought good. yeah I thought it looked great and then when I saw the online reactions where I was like whatever but uh, but yeah. So without getting uh, too much more off track, I'll read um, just a, a, a little recap of the first episode. So you've got uh, uh, the Grand Inquisitor, the fifth brother, and the third sister, who is Reva. Um, they're trying to find um, a Jedi on Tatooine, where there's apparently some some uh, Jedi hiding. That was kind of a cool scene uh, in the saloon, um, where they're kind of like, you know, it reminded me a lot of the Who Framed Roger Rabbit uh, scene, where like, get the dip. We're like, yeah, exactly. Doom is like, and then like they like they you know, throws the throws the knife and like he force stops it. I did think it was odd that the Jedi would just be sitting in that saloon, um, but that's how they you know kind of introduce the inquisitors as their ruthless jedi hunters and you very early you can tell that reva is like a little bit of the loose cannon right like she has something to prove she has uh you know foreshadowing she has some aggression issues that she can't be contained even by uh you know her boss or like some of the other guys so that's how you're kind of introduced to uh, what's going on the inquisitors are hunting the jedi and um so they were not uh looking for Ben Kenobi or sorry, Obi-Wan Kenobi at that point in time, but they know Obi-Wan Kenobi is around somewhere. They've never found him. And apparently Vader's, you know, wanted to find him for the last 10 years. So we see that Ben is working just like uh, Mickey Rourke in the wrestler, uh, just making, you know, a couple extra bucks doing what he can do. He's an older, older guy. Now he's not really doing force stuff anymore. Uh, working at like a meat processing job on an assembly line. Very unsanitary uh, meat processing yeah. place. T- take, taking, taking some, some extra meat every day too. Yeah. 
and so the first time he did that, I was like, oh, he, I was like, he's going to get caught, and then this is going to be a fight. But, like, he doesn't even try to hide it. He, like, slices it, obviously wraps it up, throws it in his smock or whatever. So you see him not stand up for someone very early in the show because he doesn't want to call attention to himself, doesn't want to get in a fight, takes his half-credit ration and goes on about his way. And you can tell that uh, you see that he's watching over Luke who he's brought to um, uh, the family uh, on Tatooine. Uh, and it's nice that they had the flashback of Yoda's order to you know, like take him to his family. So that's kind of sets up where Ben is. He's there, he's watching over Luke, just you know, like making sure he's safe, but like laying low. So uh, Kenobi is not able, he refuses to help uh, the Jedi who's asking uh, for his help. And he says, just go out in the desert, bury your weapons, your lightsaber, whatever, like forget they ever existed. So he's very much out of the picture. Um, so so next what happens is we're introduced, so there's another location, um, is the planet of Alderaan, which uh, this was a character I was not expecting to uh, uh, be in the show. Were you guys expecting to see uh, Bail Organa and Princess Leia Organa? No, as soon as they started like that scene where they're like dressing up, and I was like, yeah, very surprised, but also like, okay, this makes a lot of sense that she's part of the show. Yep. Yeah, like, and it's like it's one of those things where like when I played Red Dead Redemption Two for the first time, and then it got to like, oh my god, like there's there's my guy who like I played as the in one. And I told my friend that, and he's like, yeah, of course. Like, it's a prequel. Like, how would you? And I'm like, yeah, but my brain didn't put it together, right? So it made perfect sense that Ben sees Luke on the farm. But I just never in my head put it together like, oh, yeah, then Leia is also, you know, like out somewhere as well. So it was great to get Jimmy Smith back. Um, He played Bail Organa uh, in the prequels. Um, So it was great to see him again. Uh, Leia's got... A little bit of an attitude, a little bit of a spark plug, a little bit of a firecracker. She's got a. Uh, That's accurate. A uh, yeah, yeah. She has a um, what's uh, uh, not a problem with authority, but she does what she's gonna do, and uh, so that's kind of her character. So uh, it's 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 pretty cool so far. So I thought it was uh, uh, interesting that somehow she gets kidnapped by bounty hunters after walking away from, you know... She gets kidnapped her, by Flea home area. from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Sarah, like, two episodes... As soon as I saw him, I was like, it's episode, Flea! I knew it was Flea, and halfway through the second episode, Sarah said, is that the guy from the Red Hot Chili Peppers? And I was like, yeah, it is. So I recognized I was gonna him, tell but her, I couldn't place him until Mike said something in the Discord. Yeah. I was going to tell her, I was like, no, no, that's one of the... Uh, that's one of the... Um, uh, the nihilist from Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So uh, Princess Leia gets kidnapped uh, by Flea and his gang. So that scene and... was really jarring for me. The very Home Alone so. kind of thing. Was... Yeah, it was like I'm watching a TV show made for ten year olds. All of a sudden, when they're chasing her, and they're like, "There's a stick in like hanging from a tree, like ten feet in front of this Bonk. guy, and he obviously sees it, and he still runs right into it, and he's like." I can't catch you. And then the other one trips yeah. over a, a root and falls down. It was very campy and goofy all of a sudden. And then it went back to like Cam- very serious. Yeah. Camp campy is the word because like there's like multiple adults, six foot beings near her. And then she starts running and somehow like, the, like the three or four of them just put an arm on her, like got her. 
and I, the the chase scene was unnecessary. It wasn't exciting. But you're right. Like you see that thing that he runs into, and I'm like, there's no way they're gonna have him run into that, right? And then he like he like it stops him, and he's like, Arr. Yeah. yeah, I know. You almost expect it's, like you know, like the Benny Hill theme or something to, to kick in, yeah. like yakety sacks, right? Yeah. So yeah, not 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 a well directed or or you know well planned out action sequence. Yeah, because you think like these are so, bounty hunters, they wouldn't have planned like, yeah. oh, here we're gonna do this, and you stand there, we're gonna capture her. I mean, uh-huh. it was like, huh? Yep. So I I was not into it. So she's kidnapped uh, by bounty hunters uh, who have been hired by Riva to draw Kenobi out because Riva's whole uh, motivation right now is to capture Obi-Wan to present him to Vader to for the recognition that, that she has done this. So this, so, this confuses me a little bit with mm-hmm. the greater lore. Uh, mm-hmm. If Reva knows there's a strong connection between Leia and Obi-Wan, doesn't Vader know that too? And like since Leia is linked to him, like it, it seems really right. like a big hole here. Yeah, I don't because because uh, uh, it, it doesn't happen till Jedi where Vader reads it from Luke's mind in the like the the final confrontation that he has a sister, right? right? Unless unless they're trying to retcon that as like, oh no, he was faking, you know, not knowing that you know like Luke had the sister. But yeah, like if Reva knows. Or if Reva's goal, if Reva thinks, okay, Obi-Wan is here somewhere, I want to draw him out. How can I do it? The only thing I could think of is, obviously, somehow Reva knows Obi-Wan, like, well, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So she may have just known, oh, he had a really strong connection with the organ, or, you know, the... Right. So, that, so that's what I was going to say is that because Bale has been in working with the Jedi Council for right. a long time, so does Reva not have she any idea that Leia is important? She may just know, she oh, just, if I take the Organa's kid, she, he's going to come. Right. He's going to reach out to, to Ben. Oh, yeah. Right. That, like, that, so that could be the only thing that would, that would make sense there because, like you said, if she knows Leia's, you know, anything more than just the kid of a senator, then, you know, why wouldn't vader know that as well Well, and obviously if she knew she was skywalker's kid she would just go to him and go hey your kid's Mm -hmm. over here right yeah right yeah so so leia gets kidnapped um and organa gets a message to kenobi kenobi to uh, help rescue leia um he doesn't He's not going to do it at first, but then in the interest of having a really cool ending sequence where he shows his lightsaber before he gets on the transport, he agrees, and then that's the end of the first episode. I think there's one big um, plot problem we skipped over, and that is okay. the Owen and Reva piece, right? Where Reva oh, yeah, confronts... When, when they're, when they're in the, the town. And the like, I'm going to kill this man yeah. and his children... Right. And she's like, you know something. And here's the problem, mm-hmm. right? Oh, you know something about the Jedi. Well, I'm going to kill you if somebody doesn't tell me. And then we get into episode two. You know something about a Jedi. Oh, I got it out of your brain. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. This lightsaber can cut these vines, 
but not those lines. Yeah, I, I like well, when I obviously in the first episode I was like, okay, I mean, it makes sense. But then they just immediately turn mm-hmm. around and just be like, no. And you're like, well, then you that didn't make any sense at all. Then why, if she knew, you'd just be yeah. like, okay, okay, I know where Kenobi is. Did, did she know? I yeah. thought she was just trying to intimidate him until somebody. No, because she says something. She says like, you know something or whatever, right? I know she says that, but. It's yeah. like when you're uh, police I think, I think that's just like, like you know yeah. what happened, even though if you don't know what happened. Yeah. But like with the other guy, yeah. he's just being a jerk idiot, yeah. and she's like, oh, "You know something." Yeah. And but but I think but you know how like uh, uh, so the Jedi mind trick like only works on the weak minded. Could she tell? Oh, this guy's an idiot and he's weak willed. <laughs> I'm going to be able to get something out of him. But with Owen, like, maybe he can't. But I mean. To not even address it at all, that back-to-back on episodes, I think, was a problem. Yeah. So, so yeah, so there's that, and I think that go, that scene was there to show, because the Inquisitor, like, tries to, like, slow it, like, like, yo, like, you can't do this, like, stop, like, cutting people's hands off, and, like, tr- and, like, you know, like, being, like, a, a loose, stop being a loose cannon, Mackie. Um, well, that, it was, so oh, that kind of sets is, her up. Is Kenobi going to step out of the shadows? Or is he just right. going to let this play out, right? And and then he comes out and he's like, thank you, Owen. And it's like, oh, I didn't do it for you. And it's like, okay, well then, I guess we'll see Yeah, you, you can obviously then. tell Owen is like, yeah, because like he, Ben gets him like that toy. The same toy you see him play with, like, of course, in like yeah, yeah. The, episode four. Yeah. That and kind of explains their strained relationship, too. It's like, you were going to let me get killed. You weren't going to walk out and stand up. You're gonna let that person like chop my hands off, kill the family, like. Right. Yeah, and he's just like, get out of here, All right? Leave us alone. So I don't know about you guys. So after the first episode, I wasn't like terribly impressed with what was happening so far. It felt pretty pretty slow, like you know, setting the stage. But I know that's what you have to do sometimes in a first episode. But just to compare it to the first episode of season one of The Mandalorian, which I thought was absolutely awesome and i still uh i I watch it again and it's still absolutely awesome so it's a bit slow and but then you know it's kind of like you know gives you a little bit of hope that kenobi is you know is getting things going he's got his lightsaber he's ready to go um episode two which is uh called part two um after tracking the kidnappers to the planet Dayu, Kenobi enters, uh, sorry, encounters the con man haja estri who is uh our good friend um, from uh, Mass Effect Andromeda uh, fame. And your guy's uh, favorite MCU movie, The Eternals. Oh, God. And he was like the same oh, character. Man. He's like the <laughs> same <laughs> character. Yeah. He kind of he, he does the... He kind of... A little, little typecast, I will say, about... Uh, Come on. Yeah. About... Uh, and, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but... Um, I'm trying to... Yeah, I'm trying to think of like another the first character. Episode. I was kind of like, okay, yeah, we're getting there. You know, as a second one, boy, I'm not thrilled with, but I'm sure we'll get oh, there. Yeah. Right. The only thing I didn't yeah, so, like about the first episode was that little chase scene with Leia. Other than that, I, I was pretty into yeah. it. Yeah, the the chase scene wasn't was no good, and for me it was just like it it didn't feel like it like moved like forward enough. So then the second episode for me, so um so basically Obi Wan encounters this guy who's uh like he's basically like in like you know like wandering around the street, 
and there's this kid who's like in on the con and he's like oh like i can take you to you know this jedi that'll help you uh, for a price right so then you get there and he's an obvious con man he's using like magnets and like remote controls to make things seem like he's using the force and it's kind of done comically where like the woman's like oh thank you so much take this money and he's like oh no i can't and he's like you know take scooping all the money up so it is played for comic effects and so what i thought was interesting i knew that obi-wan wasn't gonna reveal that he was force sensitive because then it gives away his his you know position to this guy so he kind of like pulls the blaster on him type deal and doesn't play it as if he's a jedi he's basically like you know i need to find someone you got it like blah 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 so uh what uh naja does is he like sells him out to the bounty hunters essentially um where uh, now Flea uh, from the Red Hot Chili Peppers and his gang are like, you know, like, I don't know how you fell for this. You know, like, this was so dumb. And then, because uh, cause he he's pretty sure that they've got Leia. So he uses uh, a MacGuffin and escapes well, from everybody. Like, this girl offers to sell him drugs in the street. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm looking and for information. A, and she's like, oh, well, you know. Gives him a freebie. You don't care about whatever. You use this. I'm yeah. like going... I didn't realize that's that, what that was. Yeah, it was <laughs> drugs. And I'm like, no, that that was that was a really rough thing to hear. Be like when she when he was like, I'm looking for my daughter, right? And then she was like, I was someone's daughter too. Like, you're not gonna remember them. Like after a few hits of this drug, right? It was like, oh, that's awful. So, uh, but yeah, and then he has a freebie. So I was actually wondering, is the the freebie that she gave him? Like was that the thing that he it smashed is. to escape yeah. or okay yeah I didn't put that so there. I didn't know if they were all affected by the drug and that's why they were all kind of like that I thought it was but I wasn't sure because I only watched it once I didn't rewind I, by I the just time we had to he start actually recording. like prepared and brought something I did not think that oh. was the, the <laughs> just drugging just giving him drugs yeah, drug bomb so then he finds uh, Leia which I thought was a really really strong opportunity. For her to say something like, aren't you a little short for, you know, like anything? But yeah, but didn't say that. And so th this this sequence was a little bit, you know, weird for me because he's trying to you know, like get her off the planet, you know, like get like a, uh, get her back to her father. And he's telling her, like, I'm a Jedi. I was sent by your father, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, OK, cool. And then they start going. And then, like, as they're going she's trusting him less and less and less. And she like wants him to prove that he's a Jedi and he won't do it. <laughs> and the, and the reason why this is a problem for me, it, it, first of all, he's like, I don't want to do it. Cause like, it'll draw attention to us. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's true. But most of the time that they're traveling across the city, they're in like back alleys. Like mm -hmm. who's going to see it? A garbage right? can for a second. Yeah. Like just some, something that, and or, at the exact you know, same time. He's got a lightsaber on his belt loop where anybody yeah. could see it. And you're like, yeah, come on, man. You wouldn't try to at least hide that thing? When he was yeah. trying to get on the transport at the end of the first one, like I know it made for a cool shot, but it made no sense that he would try and travel yeah. off Tatooine where there was just Inquisitors looking for Jedi with his lightsaber. Right, exposed. and the only people that use the lightsabers yeah. are Jedi and Sith. I mean... Yeah. Yep. 
So so Leia starts running away from him. He chases after her. Uh, in the meantime, Reva has like put out like the bounty, like as public information, like yo, this guy is wanted, and so now like everyone who like goes after bounties is after him, including Naja, who. Like, you know, the kid comes to him and, like, they know it's, okay, well, like, let's find him first, right? So now you know they're after him, too, which is a cool bit of foreshadowing. So they end up, like, on rooftops and, like, uh, Kenobi's yelling after Leia, like, stop, stop, like, I don't want you to get hurt. dinosaur with a gun chasing them? Yeah. There's the reptile. Uh, uh, he They were done shooting uh, after Amazing Spider-Man, so they grabbed him and what just put it? him on a rooftop. <laughs> and, he's, and he can't. But he can't move. He just stands and he like turns his body and, and shoots. We were just talking about this before, like the '90s show Dinosaurs. It was a yeah. cast member from that show yeah. was there. There's, there's not the mama. And so shot a and, and trillion, then trillion shots and couldn't hit anything. Yeah. yeah. I have to stop and talk about. What the heck was going... I mean, like, everybody in the room when we were watching that part, when Reva is doing all the stupid Matrix flips, <laughs> like, over yeah. and over, and, she, and, and you're like, just go yeah. and get He's right there. I, she's yeah. just flipping and flopping, and, yeah. like, he's finally, like, on the ground. He's done. She's still flipping around. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I assumed she was going to meet him on the rooftop because she saw the blasters, and she was going pretty quick. But then all of a sudden, he's yeah. on the alley, and she's like, where'd he go? I lost and she's him. she's still doing flips around. I'm like, what? Were, were you just, like, in an aerobics class? I mean, he was... Yeah. She could see what was going... wasn't that far. Yeah. All right. It kind of reminded me of so, uh, early Power Rangers in the early 90s. But like it was so Matrix. Scene, they're doing cartwheels. Right? It was so yeah. Matrix rooftop doing the jumps and oh. the flips and oh man it was that was a bad and, and some of it was cool like 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 the the force pushed the thing down to make yourself a bridge i'm into it and then like all this superfluous stuff i was like all right like i don't know who thinks this is cool i do i think it's cool and i also agree with you guys <laughs> it's unnecessary and dumb but it's also cool it was so dumb she, i'm like she, it would have taken you longer to get immediately there. landed and did a front flip right i'm like so cool it would take you longer to get where you're yeah. going by flipping than just running. And she was like running on all fours like a dog a couple times. Like, well, yeah. So parkour because every like whenever I see someone like jumping and then their head goes forward, I think okay they're gonna do like a front somersault. But it is like a parkour move to like yeah. have your hands like stop Pull that yourself. momentum and then go. So like I was okay with that. But like yeah, if it was like James McAvoy and split where like <laughs> he was just was like, like galloping. <laughs> So yeah, I liked it, and I also agree it was dumb. It was really yeah. dumb. <laughs> so uh, we skipped over one piece real quick, where Naja encounters Riva, and is like, like, oh, I'm like the baddest Jedi. Like, I'm totally gonna stop you. And she can like read, like, sees right through it, realizes he's an idiot, force pulls the information out of his head that she needs, and then leaves him there. Um, after um, Naja like encounters Kenobi and Leia, and was like, all right go to these coordinates there's no way you're gonna get out of this port go to this one no one's watching it it's automated so like that's work he's like i know like i'm a i'm a thief and i'm a this and i really like credits and they buy stuff with money so that so then like they change him from like a swindler to a swindler with a heart of gold who's gonna help out uh, uh obi-wan and leia he's which is like whatever Han Solo. Well, he, 
He was a little bit of a slender with the heart of gold already because he's like, yeah, I took her credits, but I got her out of here. Like, it's still she's still yeah. leaving. Like, the, she's just yeah. trying to smuggle off a wife and a, or a mother which, and a force sensitive child. Which we're taking his word for it. Yes. Because we don't because we don't know that, right? So like we still don't know. So like I'm I'm half expecting them to get to the place where he sent them to right. the and be like, is there some other stuff going on here? So then, so they they get to the you know the spot where they're trying to get to. Riva is real close. She's right there. She's yelling. She's talking. Like you can see like the red lightsaber kind of glowing, and um, uh, and then what's his face? Uh, Grand Inquisitor shows up, and is like Riva. You're a loose cannon. You're out of control. Like you can't be doing this. And then I think, and not in that scene, but he had previously told her, "I'm gonna like you're done. I'm taking Kenobi to Vader, and like you're nothing." And then he actually calls her like, "You gutter. are the least it's of like us." In the gutter, we found you in the gutter, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, like, you found you in the gutter. Yeah, that's that's where that's where you belong. And like you were you were the 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 lowest among us. Basically, what he tells her. So that's kind of the foreshadowing for, for, you know, so he shows up and he's like, you can't be doing this stuff. We told you not to do this. Like, you're done. You're out of here. And this was the big surprise of the first two episodes for me, where Reva sticks a lightsaber through the Grand Inquisitor, which, I mean, I, we don't know yet, but I guess she can explain that by saying Kenobi killed him, right? Like, how else, what else is she going to say? Right. So, but then that would mean that, but you know, Sith too. maybe that's just part of the plan. Like they often yeah. look out for each other and kill each other to move on up. So, so to me, knowing that the grand inquisitor was in, you know, the, the clone wars uh, series and having him be like, you know, such a big, important character in the first couple episodes for him to be killed, to be replaced by who, by Reva, like, is she now our main Inquisitor enemy? Is there going to be a new Grand Inquisitor name? So, like, I've got some questions for the next episode. Um, but uh, uh, I think she's just going to go rogue. Things... I think she's just going to go rogue. Oh, you think so? But 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 her whole motivation is she wants the recognition from Vader. So if she goes rogue, right? But if she gets Kenobi, she's going to still bring him back. To that's, that's that will redeem, yeah. right? She'll that'll be worth everything. Oh, okay. So you think she's rogue until she brings Kenobi to Vader? Okay. Yeah, I'm I can see that happening. That too. Okay, and then it was really cool to uh, because I didn't. I would have assumed that Kenobi thought that Anakin was alive, but I guess now that looking back on it, there's no reason to think that Kenobi would know that he was left him put in this and you know, on fire. Life's... Like yeah. Yeah. There should be no reason that, that for him not to think that he. I mean, he had the high on... But yeah. you gotta think though, in ten years, stories of like Darth Vader, like he. Well, I'm sure he heard how, of Darth how Vader, Darth, but how he yeah. wouldn't know Anakin is Darth Vader. Right. I know, but he knows his actions. Like he spent years with this guy, and he knows. Uh, but he's been Emperor, hiding. Like that's true. Like that's my only logical explanation is he's just been so off the radar maybe he hasn't right. heard enough stories to piece it together because yeah. yeah so here's another thing that my itty bitty teeny tiny brain has not put together until just two seconds ago that the emperor should be in this show yeah like ian mcdermott yeah if which is not to. something that i had yeah but he reports to him i mean we didn't see the emperor in all of new hope <clears throat> we didn't see him until empire 
and then we saw him in Jedi and like you know every other thing. But if the Emperor is in Episode One, Two, Three, right? Like it stands to reason that he's going to be shown in in Obi Wan, I would think at some point. And also, uh, I don't know, and I don't want to know if anyone knows. I'm super curious if we're gonna uh, get to go to Darth Vader's castle. Oh God, no! Please no. That'd be cool. No, Why you want to go to the terrible lava castle? Yes. It's in Fallen Order. Oh, that's it's really awesome. It's really cool. Um, and maybe, it's on, maybe, and it's underwater. Palpatine, maybe Schlock, this ten-year period and like New Hope is because uh, he didn't get disfigured until the end of three when he started really feeding into his Force powers. Maybe he's got body mm-hmm. image issues for like 15 years where he doesn't want to be seen and he just hides with the cloak yeah. until he, he gets confident in his body in uh, in a new hope or in, in hey, uh, I in mean, Empire. Hey, I mean, trust me, body dysmorphia is real. Yeah. Well, I... even emperors can suffer from it. <laughs> so at this point yeah. in time, the Senate would still be running, right? The Senate is still running. So he can't just show up no, like, they... oh, hey, look at me. No, I'm he... the emperor and I'm disfigured. He just... Dis- he, he dis- he disbanded the Senate at the end of three, didn't he? No, that's the Bale beginning of one. talks a couple times about senators in the Senate. And yeah. Episode four, at the very beginning, that's when they they say, like, oh, we finally... Oh, you, no, you're right, Senate. you're right. You're right. It's it's um, Tarkin, yeah. or what is it? Uh, yeah. yeah. You're right. I was I had in my mind that it was in three. It wasn't. It was four. Mm-hmm. So it's still going on for a bit. Yeah. I wonder if they're still cleaning up uh, the lightsaber fight from yoda and palpatine there if et is uh, still has a booth in that senate <laughs> yeah um i didn't like to uh, the episode two as much because it just had too many problems uh, and i, I get this i didn't pay attention i'm guessing like uh, these are like a lot of series where every episode is directed by somebody else um i didn't pay attention so 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 I will tell you episode so part one, two, three, four, five, and six are directed by Deborah Chow. Okay. So you have one director. Right. You have the, the teleplay two, written. So the first two episode first episode written uh, by Joby Harold, uh, Hasin Amini, and Stuart Beetle, and then same thing for episode two, and then it looks like there's a little bit of variation in the writers. Joby Harold writes all of them, and then it looks like he has a couple people writing with him. And the finale is actually a, a partially is written story and written by Andrew Stanton. If you guys don't know who Andrew Stanton is, he's a director who uh, got famous with Pixar. He directed Finding Nemo, oh. and after he directed Finding Nemo, he's done some other things, including uh, that that movie where the guy's on Mars, John Carter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually kind of liked that movie. It was fine. Yeah. No, Andrew Stanton, Andrew Stanton's a great director, but yeah. So, but I, but you're typically right. Like at the end, it's like, Oh, directed by Favreau or yeah. Filoni or this guy or this guy or this guy. People. Yep. Yeah. So same director for all six parts. And it looks like the story is fairly solid with like a few guests here and there. And Andrew Stanton does the final two. Yeah, it was just so, but yeah. that and like the world in the second episode. Did you go like, oh, it's Blade Runner? Like it, it felt a lot scene. like. Remember, remember at the beginning of episode two, uh, Star Wars episode two, not the TV show episode two, where um, it's like that city where like they're like you know band up like flying through 
it's where essentially where like uh, the assassination of Padme is trying to happen, like and like there's all this crap going on. Space taxis and stuff. It, was right. it the same? Yeah, exactly. Place yeah. At the start of Rogue One with Cassian. Like that's what I thought it was. I I don't know because I, I don't know the planets uh, mm-hmm. that well. Um, the names from uh, Rogue One, but like it just felt like very generic, dark sci-fi city to me. Mm-hmm. Um, with like. You know, not that any, not that anything wrong with uh, you know cyberpunk or Star Wars or Blade Runner, but like it just didn't feel like it had any personality, you know, other than being like a city where city full of people are doing whatever they want. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, I mean, so I I, I mean, obviously, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I mean, <laughs> it's you know, I'm 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 in it. Um, I I. I do think that for a limited series that has six episodes, I feel like getting through a third of those episodes and just kind of seeing like a hint of Vader is kind of like, you know, and I'm not really seeing like as, as much of, cause like, I know there's going to be, there's, you know, we still got like a whole bunch left, but it seems like a lot of setting the stage for what's coming um, as opposed to like things happening, and I, I don't know if that's fair because stuff's happening. Like you know, Leia's kidnapped. Bale reaches out to Kenobi. Kenobi comes out of hiding to go help her. But like, that's all very high level stuff. The part I'm trying to reconcile that I didn't bring up. Somebody else like put something on Twitter or something, and I thought I was like, oh yeah. There's basically then just another ten years between when this happens and when Episode Four happens. And the difference in character from Obi-Wan Kenobi now to what Sir Alec Guinness is in 4, if you ask me, is like a much bigger than a 10-year gap. Yeah, uh, Kenobi in this show doesn't look like he will turn into Alec Guinness in episode 4 in 10 years. And the whole like... And doesn't act like it either, right? Because in episode 4, Kenobi is... Cool as a cucumber. And... And Owen Lars doesn't look like in ten years no. he would look like the Owen in four or Baru. He would have had a rough ten years, yeah. Yeah, those are those are city miles, not farm miles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, the just in the episode four too, like how he talks about the Jedi, like they're a myth and like nobody remembers them. Like mm. it's not out of people's minds yet. Like it's everyone lived through this. Right. 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 Yeah. It's. Yeah. I think that's the problem of them trying to put it only like 20 years earlier. They really should have made it like a lot bigger gap because it seems, yeah, yeah it just doesn't seem right. And the other piece, and, and the other piece that kind of gets me. So like, granted it's a, it's a young girl, but we have someone who's been cast as princess Leia. Uh, and what's her face? Um, Lucasfilm CEO, uh, Catherine Kennedy, Kathleen Kennedy, um, recently said, you know, like we don't think Solo was as successful because we have to stop casting like new people as these like old iconic roles. Like we made a new Han Solo, we got a new Lando, we got like all these things. So I liked Lando. This, the headline. Yeah, Lando so the, I liked Lando too. The headline that day was like, oh, like the, like Luke, like they're not gonna like recast like iconic roles anymore. No, and then like, and then within a week we got another Leia. <laughs> Again, granted, it's a young girl, but uh, I think the problem with so, Solo yeah, was I mean, the writing. I don't think it was the, the, who you cast, right? 
I liked that movie, and I know I'm I'm in the minority on that. I Sarah never watched it. We watched it like a uh, I don't know like a month or two ago uh, for like family movie night, and she had just heard so much bad stuff about it. Her dad like uh, had had talked about it. Like he heard. I can't remember if he saw it or if he just heard on podcasts that that it wasn't good. But he was like listing all these things he didn't like about it. And then when it was over, she looked over at me and she was like, "It was fine. Yeah, it wasn't a terrible. It was movie. A fine. It was fine. Like I said, Lando I was friend. really good." I had run buy me oh. a ticket to take me to the movie because he. I was like, I don't really need to see it. And he's like, it was better yeah. than you think it's going to be. And I'm taking you. Yeah. So the part with the yeah. AI yeah. and the Millennium Falcon that was really weird and made no sense because <laughs> that never came up again. That was weird. Just the, the, like they just answered questions we nobody asked. Like where did he get his dice and his gun? And it's like no one cared about right. I said like, the writing. Like, yeah, was the problem. Right. Um. But yeah, it's uh, so yeah. So again, like my my final thoughts. Like I didn't love the first episode. I thought the second one advanced enough plot points where it's like, okay, what's gonna happen with the Inquisitor? What's gonna happen with that sister? Are they gonna be hunting her? It, like you guys said, is she going rogue? Um, what's gonna happen? Like you know, is the transport that um, uh, Obi Wan and Leia on gonna make it where it's going? So like, there's enough movement at the end of that second episode where like i'm looking forward to see where they go in three one to two was like a little bit more okay like they were just kind of setting the table but i really really do hope we see some something uh you know with uh anakin and obi-wan before they get to like episode five or six because if it ends up being like they don't confront each other until the end of it it's like well that's that's kind of the the interaction that i'm watching the entire show for makes everything about four really weird though if they have a a big interaction he knows kenobi's around and they've fought like he would know to lily's look on tatooine that's a pretty important planet for both of them yeah his family's there like but like who's who's vader gonna interact with in the show like just people outside like a back to tank (laughs) Like, is he going to go to Tatooine? Tarkin? Is he going to, you know, I just, it would just be a shame if, if people remember, <laughs> they'll oh, they just, just yeah. CGI him like they did in yeah. Rogue One. Yeah. They'll, they, yeah. They'll just get the same CG that they grabbed for Rogue. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I just feel like it'd be a waste to bring him back and like make the whole thing, give it a Vader tease and then just like have him not interact with anybody. I think that's it. They've tied themselves in such weird knots. I kind of want to just tell them, like, could yeah. you just leave these characters alone, please? I, I'm getting to that point where, like, uh, and, and and even Andor, and it's like, this is a show that's, like, trying to tie itself into a standalone movie that you've already done. Like, can't there just be a thing that doesn't need to grab on to right. anything can else? We, like, please, just please wrap up the Skywalker saga, right? Yeah. Did you guys watch uh, Star Wars Visions at all? No, I don't know what that is. Uh, so it's like, do you watch, do you remember the Animatrix? Yes. Yep. It's the exact same idea. It's Star Wars mm. stories told by different creators and artists every single episode, mm. and they have nothing to do with the Skywalkers, uh, the Kenobi's, the Solos. Like it's just that's awesome. new characters, and not all of them are great stories, but there's a few like really cool star wars stories in there mm. uh that have nothing to do with the greater star wars canon and yeah like mm. the, like there was two episodes in there specifically that really stuck out to me 
And I would love a movie like that. That's yeah. just a cool story that takes place in that universe. It has lightsabers and force and nothing else that we know about, like all different planets, people, everything. Like, Yeah. The, the most excited Star Wars property uh, in development for me right now is the Taika uh, trilogy that I just he's writing himself and is like a separate thing. So it's like, here's star Wars that has nothing to do with anything. That's like happened so far. Um, everything. I mean, and even like the, the rogue one, not rogue one, um, the rogue squadron, uh, movie, uh, that's in development. It's still linked to like, right. you know, like those kind of classic characters. Right. Even though I'm excited about We're it, it's like still got that story link. arc about wedge and Porkins that nobody wanted. Yeah, that's it. It's like I don't need to see every minute of these characters' lives, mm-hmm. right? I, right. I, we've been over everything that's happened in this fifty-year wedge of time, over yeah. and over, and I'm like, oh, I'm just. Can we do something else? Yeah. So. So we, we've we've kind of beaten the story a little bit uh, to death, but uh, uh, I think I gave uh, my final thoughts. Do you guys have final thoughts and what you're looking forward to, if anything, for uh, uh, for the next steps? So we'll start with Kelsey. Um, I kind of really try really hard to like think of the original trilogy as its own separate entity. I don't care for much of anything that's outside of that. And I've... I just watch these kind of things now and just hope there's a fun moment and I don't care. I try, I try not to care about the lore and stuff, even though I was obviously mm. just complaining about it. So I fail at that sometimes. But like <laughs> when I played fallen order, like I heard so many good things about it. I had such high hopes and while I'm playing it, I was just like disappointed more than happy. And that makes me sad with star Wars stuff. Cause I was the dorky kid in school who got picked on for liking star Wars so much. And I, really don't have an attachment to the franchise anymore because every time they put something out like this and i get excited and i watch it i like it a little less i like the old stuff a little less that i used to just adore um so i don't know i'll I'll probably finish kenobi um and hope there's a a cool vader moment because they keep doing like in rogue one and fallen order like he's he gets a cool moment and then that's that's enough yeah so Chris, you get your DVR set. I mean, I'll I'll watch the rest of the series. I mean, for as much as I picked on some of these parts, you know, it's enjoyable. It's okay, uh, and I'll watch it. And I'm sure there'll be some decent parts out of it. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of like Kelsey. Like the magic is gone, right? I mean, it's it's like anything. It's like I, you know, if you eat lobster for dinner every day, eventually you're gonna get <laughs> sick of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was good at some point, but mm-hmm. at some point in time, it's, yeah, there's been a lot of it. Um, yeah. But is it like Final Fantasy for you, where they're just not making the kind that you want anymore? I don't know. Um, it seems to me that just they're, they're out of ideas. Different things. I was like, yeah, it's just like they're just out of ideas. Like we can't come up with anything. I don't know. Was there 20 minutes over here that? We don't know what Lando is doing. I mean, okay, write a script. Um, and that's the whole thing. I'm like, just could they could use some new ideas that's not connected to this. And I think that would be interesting. I'd like, like, show me something new. 
So you're excited about the Taika Waititi trilogy as well? Sure. I don't know what that is, but all right. I... It's 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 exactly what I asked for. It's whole new Star Wars trilogy, not connected Good. to anything existing. Good. I mean, because then at I, least not... it can be its own thing. Yeah, right. I I like Taika's stuff that's not branched into things like he like I know people love Thor Ragnarok. That is my least favorite like Marvel movie, <laughs> Thor movie. Like I don't like really. Yeah, I don't like that tone in there, and having whole Star Wars trilogy of his like goofy weirdness okay. doesn't appeal to me. Because um, the original series wasn't goofy and weird like that. Like the humor was. Uh, more subtle in those movies there was a lot of muppets in those movies and there was yup nub <laughs> there was ewoks did i tell you did i tell you guys when i was down in disney in uh february um i went to the cantina and i got the yup nub drink <laughs> at uh, august cantina it and it came with a like it came with a commemorative mug and it's got like ewoks all over it and like the death star exploding so did you in the say sky. like why it's did you awesome. erase this from history this is <laughs> this is love. Is yup nub. Yup nub. Um. Yeah, I I would like to see something new and fun. I mean, that could be really interesting. I'm like, I liked like the, the old Republic games because it was a game. I was like, how? Oh, it's like the same world, but I need new characters and and new ideas around that. And I that seems like that would be a good idea to do something in that world. Um. It's just you know like this story of of the Skywalker saga is man put a fork in it <laughs> yeah yep I'm all set the, the the last Skywalker saga product that I think I might uh, be into is um I will get the Lego Skywalker saga eventually because that, it just has oh, everything man. I mean you know yeah There's... and I'm not a cosmetic collector but I will collect every minifig. <laughs> <laughs> there's no reason there's no problem with having fun going. with it and having good memories and right um the other thing i think is weird that i don't think we've touched on yet uh doesn't wednesday seem like a weird day for new episodes or is that just me and that, that's, that's what they've been doing with, with the marvel stuff for the whole year so i'm just used to that now yeah but six episodes i, I think never they realized should just, just put like, them all out at once yeah, because we, we, we tend to watch things, um, you know, like on the weekends if we don't have time during the week. So, like, we're used to, like, HBO episodes, oh, Sunday night new episode or, you know, Friday or Saturday. So, like, when I saw new episodes or every Wednesday, I was like, oh, that's weird. But like I said, I didn't, I didn't remember My that the Marvel was like that. does not care to watch any of this stuff with me. So, Wednesday works just fine. I'm home by myself during the day. I can watch an episode, then go pick up my daughter from school. And... Yeah, I'd be curious to see how it ends up um i like ewan mcgregor i think he does a good job at the role so i like watching him do his thing um mm. can't say that like i've been thrilled with reva so far but well maybe we'll figure out what her I backstory think, is yeah. that'll make more sense yeah i know i know they're not trying to win any awards or anything but i i i'm not high on the woman who plays Riva's acting doesn't seem seems kind of. I don't. I don't want to like amateurish. I mean, yeah, and, and and to me, it's like you you walk that line because like sometimes you want unknowns because you want to see the character and not you know 
Brad Pitt or like you know like whoever the actor is, right? So like I get wanting an unknown, but like you always want to see Brad Pitt. You do always want to see Brad Pitt uh, as Brad Pitt, one dimensional, starring at least so far. But yeah, she. But yeah, and like, but every you know, and I'm not any judge of acting or anything. I'm, but like every time you feel free, like every yeah, I didn't have any lines. (laughs) I didn't have any lines. But like That's every delivery she has, it's either like, it's either like, you know, it's overdone or it's, you know, like, I, I don't, I, I don't have the vocabulary. There's for no it, nuance, but like when I, right? when, when I, when I watch her, I see a person trying to act. And when I see other people in it, like, I just see like the character. Yeah. Right? Cause it's so, like, maybe do you know how bad I am? Yeah, and maybe you know, when like, they were doing the casting, they just asked her, "Can you do a backflip into a front flip?" <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> How much do you like those Matrix roots? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That'd be interesting. To or, see or, or they put thirty people, like potential Rivas, on a rooftop, and they were like, first one to make it over there." <laughs> <laughs> and the one we got is the last one because she did the most flips. <laughs> Oh, good stuff. Well, yeah, no, I, I appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, stay a little bit later and chat Obi-Wan. Um, maybe we can do the same if I ever catch up on some Picard uh, business or Star Trek Voyagevery. Or it's I don't know what the Star Trek is If you have any time and you want to watch something, Strange New Worlds is great. And there's only yeah. like three or four episodes. Go for it. I'm into it. And what's it on? Uh, Peacock? Uh, Paramount Pineapple? Plus. It is on Plus. Okay, I mm-hmm. got that. It's really good. Podcast Pickle. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, we did our, our regular sign-off earlier, so I think that'll do it. So uh, thanks, everyone, for sticking out to, to the end, and uh, we will see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.